You're listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. Visit us at mashthosebuttons.com. Welcome to Warcraft Reloaded, a podcast brought to you by Mash Those Buttons, covering World of Warcraft Classic, TBC Classic, and its community. I am Bobby, also known as Blazin' Bob, and today we're joined by Ryan, aka Cognitive Pit. How you doing? Hey, doing pretty good. Uh, we're a day early. I don't know if I should be tired or awake, so we'll just pretend I'm very awake. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are what? a day early. We are also joined by Kim Jong-Oom. How you doing? Welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be back. I, I, I listen regularly, as you guys know. I'm always in the comments section, so it's uh, nice to be back on. <laughs> it's definitely nice to have you on. So to let everybody know, we are recording a day early. We're recording right before raid. So it's going to be interesting. Had some stuff come up this weekend. Was not going to be able to record. And we are also missing Mel. Uh, Mel is unable to make this time too. And it's unfortunate. But the show must go on. So this this week we're going to talk... We're going to go through uh, reviews and emails. We got quite a few emails this week, so we're not going to be able to hit them all, but we will try to make sure to save them for that section next week. Then after that, we'll go over what we've been doing in WoW lately. Then we are going to jump to the future, where we've already done tonight's raid, and that's where Yip will give you the raid progress. Then we'll jump back to the past, we'll give you the news, and we will... Then ended out the show talking about the Guild Bank and how Kim runs it and how he's been able to supply us with unbelievable amounts of consumes, even gear, I mean, enchants, you name it. So stay tuned for that. It's going to be a good show. Yep, let's jump into reviews. All right, I'm going to start out with something that's kind of a bummer. I don't know if Bob forgot, probably, and I didn't put it in the notes. Um, but we had something interesting happen this last week uh, before I jump into the the wonderful support that we get. Uh, my arena's partner in our guild, actually, although I don't think I've ever mentioned him by name on the podcast, got a incredible message from, I suppose, a listener. Uh, someone reached out to my arena's partner who does not raid with us to let him know that our guild doesn't deserve to have a podcast. Because we're only 8 of 10 uh, and decided to harass one of our guildmates about this. Uh, so I wanted to point out something really quick in case it wasn't clear in our content. One, we don't run a podcast guild. We don't have a guild that is centered around our podcast. Uh, every person that we raid with. In fact, most of the people probably don't even listen to it. Exactly. So. We are random people. I'm an officer in our guild. Uh, Bob is a raider in our guild. Uh, so reaching out to random people is absurd. If you want to harass anybody, 
you know our in-game names. It is absurd to reach out to members of our guild. We offer you some insight into our guild and the people. You know, we bring Kim on, who's from our guild. And uh, we do that to give you insight into what we do. Uh, and and we would appreciate it if you did not abuse that power. So that's the first super bad experience we've had. Um, but I did just want to clarify that we're not a podcast guild. We're not some kind of famous people who, you know, oh, we have some kind of amazing guild. We're just regular WoW players. And uh, let's dive Speak into some. Yourself. And I, I would add on to that is that. This show, the whole does the whole design of it is your average player, and maybe to some average players we appear above average. But this was never going to be a show about this is the best way to do this. This is the best way to do that. And honestly, we never even intended on talking about our raid progression. It was just going to be news and different, you know like philosophical philosophical questions it just happened to be entertaining for a lot of people who wrote in so when we're going through progression we talk about it but we've never claimed to know it all we never will know it all and that's just the way the show is if you're here to find out the best ways to do something or the cutting edge you're in the wrong place and you know, it's okay to not like it, but please leave our, if you want to send hate, send hate to me or Yip or Kim Jong-um. <laughs> I'm okay with this. Yeah. Don't, don't send it to anybody who hasn't been on the show because they don't, des- they don't deserve that. An- another caveat, we don't mention Varg Flock in the name of the guild that often. Like we talk about our guild progress, but we don't actually say the name every episode or even every other other episode so it's interesting that he actually knew the guild name yeah to come it, harass it's just odd that it's a listener it's definitely someone who's listened to a, to a couple but um obviously we're not that good i play a prop warrior so that should be clear from the get-go <laughs> uh, um, but on to some people who make us very happy in our wonderful listeners that we definitely appreciate uh the first review Great advice and lots of fun. I listen to a lot of audiobooks and podcasts during my commute to work. And first, let me say this is the best TBCC. Okay. I I like TBCC podcast out there by a mile. A great mix of real down to earth advice and fun stories from people who are not uber sweaters. Unlike some content creators, you guys don't show off. Whether it's Bob's ill-advised investments... (laughs) That's really funny. <laughs> or else, uh, record-setting numbers of death. It's great to know you guys are real people, too. It's I, actually perfect for what we just talked about. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> That's really funny. Uh, <laughs> I, I made an enhancement shaman and a BM hunter, and my guild is 8 of 10. I feel like we tend to be around where Bob and Mel are in terms of progression. I think that covers the majority of 2 to 3 night raiding guilds. I think so, too. That 8 of 10 seems like where a lot of us are. It's great to hear advice about similar issues uh, we are facing and how your guild handled them. I wish more podcasts talked about real rating instead of Twitch rating. It is also nice to hear anecdotes about the old days of WoW. I played it on launch. It is a great shot of shared nostalgia when there's no one else around to talk to. My wife promises she cares like when I told her when I got the prince bow, but I think she might have been feigning interest. <laughs> Finally, I want to say I wish more people played TBCC uh, so more people could have fun listening to you guys every week. For the Alliance! 
Thank you uh, very much for that review. Fantastic review. You entertained us. Have you showed her the bow? Because it, it looks pretty rad, too. It's not the stats are great, but that that <laughs> Phoenix, that Phoenix bow. I'm sure she'll appreciate the aesthetics, too. Uh, but thank you so much. Uh, the next uh, review. Great. Listen, hey, guys, just want to say how much I enjoy listening to the podcast. I've been listening for the past few months, and it's been great. I would love to hear a discussion about the pros and cons of dual wield arms versus two hand arms for PvP or PvE. Keep up the awesome work and good luck with your into your rating guild and going 10 from 10 for the horde. Wow. And then uh, some some symbols showed up as as, uh, as like the letters. Uh, I think it's OK. So. This is a review from us from Australia, and and they come into. Uh, I use Chartable dot com to chart our rankings on iTunes and stuff, and it shows reviews from other countries. And so I think he was doing some sort of Australian emoji of some sort. Yeah, perhaps. that doesn't come up. Is it the upside down smiley face? Oh, no, so easy, so easy. <laughs> I held that one, Ben. <laughs> but that was from uh, Lunchbox Lock. Uh, on Arugol. So thank you so much for that. I still I still can't get over when they finally added in more servers to Battlegrounds. So we started seeing like Oceanic players. And I remember being like, Arugol? I've never seen anyone from Arugol. <laughs> and now suddenly I'm seeing them nonstop. And it's like, oh, they added <laughs> more Isn't servers. like a vegetable or something? Yeah, it was like for a week or two is as, as, as long as it lasted and then they switched them back yeah, to their yeah, own might servers. Have been even I just remember being like, who are these people? Um, and then we have a couple of emails here. Like Bob said, we had to save some for next week. Um, but the first one, one word outstanding. I listen every week and really learn a lot from you guys. You keep me entertained while I'm at work. And the three of you have such a great dynamic. You keep the show interesting. I really love No Hit Jerome. The guy has so much energy and focus writing in PvP whilst joining your podcast. Reminds me a lot of Steel Wolf. He, he does remind me. Yeah, he does. that chaotic yeah. energy. Yeah, that's a... Uh, <laughs> please apt. make sure <laughs> please make sure you have these guys back again could you imagine the chaos if you'd have <laughs> them both on the same show yeah, it'd be a lot mel's a babe and she rocks no charge for that one mel uh <laughs> boda horde mon don't you know uh <laughs> your best for the whole yeah, I'm I'm choosing to <laughs> for, <laughs> for <laughs> you best run the hunter grobulus Jamaican for your best run if you see me coming. Thank you for that review. And I, I agree. There's a lot of chaotic energy. I have a feeling I know it was a lot of fun. And I think if you tuned in live, you probably got the best experience of just this chaotic podcast we ended up having. Well, un well, we actually had to use the VOD audio. So yeah. it was chaos. It'd be talk like everybody talking over, yelling over. It was it was really unfortunate that we lost the audio and, and weren't able to like make that a, a, a more pleasant experience for everybody. But yeah, I think the audio listeners were in for a surprise compared to our normal. Uh <laughs> it it was a blast. And we were like helping him through his raid at the time and I know some people didn't like that, but it was kind of fun for us to help him get, you know, his raid down and like help him with different strategies. But 
I will say there's no possible way you could have them both on the same show. The 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 levels of audio would just keep getting higher and higher. You just wouldn't be able to do it. <laughs> be like a hall of mirrors, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bing, 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 bing. Uh, all right, let's see. Uh so a couple more here. Review Boomer Style from Sweden. Hey guys. Actually it says hi guys, I'm a liar. <laughs> I'm enjoying your pod through Spotify. So consider this a this a review boomer style. I got a real busy real life, but as a background as a real old school hardcore raider. Played all the way through from the first closed beta when mobs were missing boxes. Uh, you are all nice to listen to. Like you were guildies from another dimension. Uh, when I am logged, when I'm raid logged and working, you make my day better. It's like comfort listening. I'm pushing 50 in a dad gamer. Our guild is mainly vanilla era veterans and hence a bit sweatier than you guys. Really? I was a bit sweatier. Interesting. I feel like dad gamers have the opposite reputation. Uh, we do all raids, including phase one on one night when we raid. Oh, wow. Yeah. OK. They are sweatier than us. Something uh, something also that I learned when I went to Stockholm is that uh a bunch of different Swedish people told me that it's very normal for men to to like stay at home with the children. It's 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 in game hard. Well, it's just like it's a very normal thing in their in their culture, and so maybe they're all stay at home dads, you know, that are actually gaming. So maybe they could be super sweaty. We got to pull on anything that gives them a reason to be better than us. Any excuse (laughs) we can find. Like they're probably playing like 12. They're practicing all day long. Um, I just thought I just thought that was a really cool thing about Sweden when I when I visited. You would see like two guys walking with like uh, like like strollers and stuff. I mean, it was was pretty cool from a guy from Kansas City. (laughs) (laughs) I am the only healing priest. Pink parsing and enjoying TBC very much. I don't want to be rude, but you guys make me much less chilled with the game. You all have a balanced look at the game that I think is really nice. Friendship and community first. Mel, I don't give a shit about logs. Uh, Mel's, I don't give a shit about logs is a blessing as well as the dying. It is it is fun to pour through those logs. Uh, love it and gives me a rash at the same time. If I ever move across to NA, I'll join you guys. I got one question. Is there guild of Swedish origin? It sounds like Vargflocken, which means Wolfpack in Swedish. Uh, We've that, told the story before. Yeah. So our, our yeah, it is Vargflocken. That is actually our guild name. It means Wolfpack. Um, our original GM is uh, Swedish. So when our guilds joined originally, Way back before I was even in it, uh, a Swedish name uh, was chosen, and then we, we ended up having to change it, which we've talked about before. Uh, it was originally uh, Varglian, and it was switched to Vargflocken. But yes, we are the we're the Wolf Pack. It sounds cooler in other languages. Uh, personally, if I was going around just calling myself the Wolf Pack, I'd feel a little different. But Vargflocken works. <laughs> uh, many thanks. This old head approves. Uh, Atos from Golemag EU. Thank you uh, so much for that review. And uh, yeah, um, apparently in Sweden, guys, dad gamers are actually the 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 sweatiest gamers and they put <laughs> us all to shame. So things are a little reversed there, uh, but that's pretty awesome. Uh, I hope that I'm I hope that I'm at that level when we're playing classic fresh again uh, in 20, 30 years. I hope that I'm 
<laughs> an elite level player. <laughs> and then finally, hey guys, just want to say I love the podcast. The different points of view from all three types of classes are insightful and helpful to me as a tank. I drive for work and the pod makes every shift much more enjoyable. Or the horde. <laughs> Sarah or Sarah on Earth Fury. P.S. After listening to your raid progression on Lady Vash, I can confirm pulling her down to the pillar is not hotfixed. What my guild does is time Curse of Doom on her to go off as she is going back to the center, and we can normally get her down another few percent. Um, that's really awesome. I'm I took your I took your advice last night, and uh, you'll hear soon from future me that we downed Lady Vash, and maybe we used her strategy. I don't know yet, but future me knows, and you'll find out very soon. Uh, but thank you. I do want to add a, a like a, a little thing to that. I wonder if their DPS is higher than ours. The reason I say this is because all all the locks do put Curse of Doom on, but we put it on right away, and it definitely goes off before seventy per, uh, percent. Well, it says they time it, so maybe they're specifically timing it. Yeah, like that seems to be hard because then you would have to hold DPS like watching the dooms. Because we would have to cast Doom later. I don't think there's anything wrong with holding DPS, though, because um, it's like the beginning of Phase 2 is really boring. <laughs> I feel like everyone regens all their mana back for the most part. And like, yeah. if we can survive, I can see it being good. Having a 1% death or wipe makes me want to try it. Well, what I was saying is if... If you have enough DPS to have to stop to for us to doom right at pull, and then people having to stop DPS before that doom goes off, I think it's a much easier strategy than if you pick a time to doom because then it's just extending the. So I'm just curious if you want to write back in and like tell us maybe like if you do have enough DPS to get her to seventy percent before a minute because ours is going off. I'm trying to remember it it might be going off right like at like 74 so it might I I don't think I mean I don't I don't know if that's even possible a minute how long is that first phase for us I feel like they're delaying their dooms I don't think they're I'm I'm trying to think I think our dooms go off at like 70 somewhere in the mid 70s percent so so maybe okay, maybe it isn't that yeah isn't that? we could just wait like a like we can just wait till you actually get the pull over there before we pop the dooms on. Because the dooms we always pop early because they don't really do any aggro yeah. at all, you know. So except if no one's hitting the boss. Uh, yeah, like, I, so. I would assume it's easier to pop it just a little bit late and then hold DPS, even just for a little bit. Um, but definitely, definitely interesting and, and something to look into uh because we were unsuccessful with our Vash pull to the side. It just didn't even seem worth it uh, at that point. But uh, but thank you guys so much. Uh, that was a lot this week, and we'll have more next week as we save some. Uh, but we always appreciate it, uh, and it really offsets the kind of negative tone to begin with. We really appreciate you guys writing in and all your all your kind words. It always gives us something cool to talk about, and sometimes you guys entertain us, which is awesome. So, well, let's move on to what we've been doing this week. What have you guys been doing this week? Anybody can jump in. I'm a filthy raid logger. <laughs> I Diablo 2's out. I'm trying my best, but I, I'm just a raid logger. I've been redoing my gear. This morning I spent like another hour just like I have every piece of gear in the game, other than like the really good pieces, obviously, that are in this phase. We haven't killed the end bosses. Um, but like other than that, I have so much DPS gear and I've got so much tank gear. I'm just like reorienting everything. <laughs> 
put on some DPS bracers, the bracers of like eradication or something that have hit on them. Um, it should be a pretty nice threat boost, but again, I think it'll be good for Vash, but on Morgrim, I just go full mitt, so won't be able to test it out to the full extent tonight, but uh, I've just been messing around with my gear sets and getting ready for raid, and outside of that, there's not much for me to do unless I want to actually make money for my mount, which I don't want to do. <laughs> <laughs> One day. That's all I've been doing. What about you, Kim? I feel like at this point, um, Yip's mount is kind of like his Thunder Fury. Uh, too soon? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, what's funny is my mount is my Thunder Fury because I spent 5,000 gold on these stupid Arcanite bars that are worthless <laughs> oh, now. Holy shit, like, right. This is like how much money I spent. It's literally... Oh yeah, yeah, oh my god. You yep. didn't liquidate them, did you? There was Not no way to liquidate them. They were worthless at the oh, end of Vanilla. Oh, shoot. And I wasn't going to liquidate... I didn't even think about yeah. that. Yeah, they were by the time Nax, by like a month into Nax, they were worthless, and I was still trying to get my Thunder Fury. So there is like oh. no nothing I mm. could do. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's such a bummer too, because you could have just waited to see if you got it yes. and not gotten the bars. Oh my gosh, that hurts, man. My, <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, to I had to sell. If it makes you feel any better, I had to sell a lot of. Uh, the the stuff that I had saved up all the different resist gear for pretty much cost and it looks like the two stupid arcade uh arcade breastplates that I have left I'm gonna have to sell for a loss like even if I could sell them and so that's a bummer so yeah hey I might buy them for block yeah that hurts <laughs> if you uh, if you want if you want to message me a under the table deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll talk about that after the podcast. But right now, what have you been doing, Kim, this last week? Um, I have just been gunning it hard on the G-Bank stuff. Yeah, I've just been spending and cranking out a bunch of stuff. And I'm I'm starting to learn a little more about the mark, like the different types of profession, um, like craftables that you can end up putting out there for gold and then like, you know, keeping whatever portion would be your profit. Right. So you end up, you know, but that's like a lot of weird head math. And that's, uh, that's basically what my week has been like. Um, for those of you who, uh, don't know, I went from the last time I was on this podcast, which is, um, quite some time ago, actually. Um, I went shadow which has been uh, a ton of fun because I um, I used to play Shadow back in uh, original Vanilla Vanilla, and I was a I was PvP only. Um, I I started raiding for the first time, like you know, ever really uh, with Varg Flocken. So um, finding out the the Shadow side of things uh, has been really really cool. And I already had a lot of the gear that I needed because I um, am kind of an insane person and decided to like work out smite spec. Yeah, are you embarrassed by your arc? Anyone listening to the podcast would have heard like, I'm trying out smite spec. Next time Kim comes on, I'm shadow now. <laughs> <laughs> That's how disastrous it is. Yeah. Yeah, the smite spec was uh, extremely fun and I think appropriate for Kara. You know, where we could basically one heal, one tank stuff. 
it's totally appropriate, you know, just toss off heels on the hard fights and stuff. I mean, it was the time to try it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's no way I'd want to, like, try that without really, really doing all the proper theory crafting and everything in SSC or TK. Like, it just would be a little rough. Um, although places where, you know, we might want a sixth healer, it'd be okay. But, like, I feel like Vampiric Embrace does enough of that. But... Anyway, I feel like it's something you could actually give a true college try to in, in Wrath mm-hmm. when every buff, almost every buff is raid wide. Yeah. Then you could actually give it a true shot because you do have to like create a, a, a even in Kara, you had to create a group that really, you know, pushed towards it. Yeah, that maximized. Right, right, right. Oh, well, for me, um, I've been been just playing i've you know you're gonna find out about a raid progress but on tuesday on tuesday night i had an exceptionally lucky night i got the mm-hmm. wand from arcane chick what's her name arcane girl solarian well it's arcane girl now <laughs> so i got i i got that wand replaced by last blue so now i am technically full bis or better phase four which is really neat the wand was a huge upgrade i did have two really good blue wands one hit and one crit but like they still were blue and not even anywhere close to this wand and then i got the boots of blasting pattern and was able to craft that that night with with some help from kim and uh skeet from our guild no help from me just so we're all clear (laughs) we got two dps pugs and you know we made it pretty good through got my i had a nether got my second nether we needed then the guild bank pro provided the mats to do the cooldowns for the cloth and so i was able to craft it that night got my 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 boar speed on them and i am ready for raid tonight that's been really cool and then i also don't hate me but i you know i've been a rogue i've worked up two different rogues in my time and so i have a second account and i have my new rogue that's going to be my wrath main and i went ahead and did the boost but two things on that first off the boost gear that they give you is atrocious you look like i don't know how to explain it you look like the the wicker man from the dorothy uh, Karazhan fight. I mean, it, it is noticeable, super noticeable. So I was embarrassed to go into town to try and buy new new gear because I was like, they're going to all do I boosted. And so that's one thing. But then the other thing is I haven't played Rogue, you know, for, thir- for, for 13, 12 years since I quit in Kata. And I forgot how few freaking spells they have. Right? I mean, literally on each page is like one page. Like each tab is like one page. And I was like, huh, I completely forgot. Yes, you have to use them at the right times and stuff. But really, the kit is quite small compared to Warrior and, and Locke, which I have been playing throughout Classic and TBC. So that was interesting for me to re- to remember. I mean, on, on my rogue, um, after I turned, I mean, well, originally I turned 60, I guess my rogue is still 66, but like after I turned 60, I was looking at my like at my side icons and I was like, 
I'm missing, I feel like I'm missing something because I have like all these keybinds that aren't filled in. And I was just like, oh yeah. my God, I guess this is where like focus macros go or like arena one, arena two, you know, like, I, yeah, I don't know. It's, 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 it's bizarre to me because on both the priest and the warrior, I'm like running out of hotkeys. Right. And so, yeah, to, and then, yeah. Good. Yeah. Then warrior, you have the three different bars and I'm just sitting there going, I can get everything I need and not even have to like put a bind on my mouse. This is going to be sweet when I start playing this. Like it, it was kind of exciting. So, yeah. So I'm kind of excited to get him moving. I don't know what Mel is going to play, but we're going to work up some other characters. It's going to be a it's going to be a slow burn though. He doesn't have to be ready until until Wrath. So it's just going to be like, you know, casual using a lot of rest. So that's what I've been up to. You know, Bob. I feel like they um like purposefully give you like hobo looking gear as a boosty because like it's just to shame you into getting better shit you know it's like hey are you sick I, of I are know. you sick of being ugly go get I some better gear again I don't, I don't know <laughs> I, I i don't know if you guys remember but the mage when they first released the boost or maybe it was like the beta of the boost or something i think it was oh it was the uh tbc beta you could you could put a boost on uh that character on those uh servers and the mage boost was just these white robes <laughs> he just got a, a white, cool white hood <laughs> <laughs> and they changed it before release so they had to tone down some, some of the exciting mm, i wonder options. why they accidentally oh. allowed in the game, so they just made everyone. They're like, "Let's make everyone look just ugly and <laughs> like they came out of the dirt." Oh yeah, I, I, I've never even seen the model. It, it must be something they grabbed from later expansions or something, because I've never seen any of these pieces. And it was just like, oh, I need to change. So right now, Blazing Bobby is hiding in a random building in Stormwind until I can. Get him some uh, re replacement stuff because I'm not walking into Outland looking like that. <laughs> yeah, and, and what appears to be a paper bag. Mm -hmm. Luckily, like of the bandit gear is so overpowered. I assume for rogues also for druids it was nuts. Just like all the level sixty of the bandit gear that like the greens that drop were just insanely static. <laughs> I'm I'm just hoping people are still selling those for for cheap instead of trying to get the uh, enchanting bats. Yeah, I'll just have to see. All I really care about is I just want two really good weapons, and if I can do that, like everything else, I'll just get quest rewards. There's so many quest rewards and stuff. Um, you know, if you uh, if you're planning on going NG on him, you could get you could always just get one of the um, hierophant random roll goggles. Um, it actually procs. Yeah, I've already started mining, and I'll be doing mining as I work up uh, jewel uh, uh, jewel crafting, and then uh -huh. possibly in Wrath, I'll drop mining after I level for engineering. But that makes sense. The rogue's not going to be doing anything besides just joke stuff in. <laughs> In this ex in this expansion, hence why I'm not worried about working. You can it also out. Uh, get lock picking up and make some nice little side cash on it. Uh, I'm definitely going to get that up, and uh, yeah. yeah, they start you at two ninety, which I what? still think is a little wow. unfair. That's super yeah. unfair. I had to go to like random 
like Hillsbred Mountains and, you know, those random places in the world. Did you know how I did it? The gate, right? Well, I, I, yeah. Does that still work in uh, in uh, classic? Because my sure, two actually. rogues, I originally worked them both up by just lock lockpicking the gate from is it Lok Bodan to uh, uh, to to burning uh, steps or yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah burning mm-hmm. steps yeah I just literally just failed at that worked it all the way up from from like from like one to max just doing that failing over and over again i i I don't know if that works in classic but it definitely worked in tbc when i when i when i worked up the um rogue like late tbc and early uh vanilla so i don't know if that works but let's go ahead and move on to the future and now it's time to talk about how our tuesday and Thursday raid went. I'm coming at you from the future. Yip is coming here to you from the future to tell you about how it went. So Tuesday was actually a shockingly rough day. Last week, we were able to save a bunch of time and we were able to get Fathom Lord. So the way we work is we do Tempestcape, we do Alar, Void Reaver, Solarian, Then we go to SSC and get as much done as we can. So last week, we did Fathom Lord. Fathom Lord uh, goes down pretty much right when Raid should be ending. So we Raid for three hours. Fathom Lord goes down pretty great. This week, Tuesday goes a little bit rougher. Um, We don't wipe on any of the bosses, uh, but we we wipe. I I don't know if we wipe on trash, but we have a lot of deaths. Um, I can't remember if we actually wiped. We have a lot of deaths. Everything is really, really slow. We had to run back a lot. So if we didn't wipe, it was, you know, very few people alive. So there was a lot of running back. I think at one point on Solarian Trash, uh, we actually pulled the boss, uh, which was rather unfortunate. (laughs) Uh, We end up wiping there. So a lot of silly mistakes like that leading up to uh, wasted time. We go over to... Uh, SSC, everything on bosses goes pretty normal. My Void Reaver was pretty good in TK. Uh, <laughs> I was able to hold threat the whole time. I think we, I think we crushed it uh, that day, but TK goes, goes pretty normal, other than wiping to trash. Uh, once we get into SSC, uh, I think we're even still rough here dying to some, uh, some trash pulls. So the uh, mushroom, the, the big mushroom guys before Leo, I think one of those pulls we, we might have died. But again, bosses go uh, totally normal and wasn't a problem at all. Other than the trash going poorly, we go ahead and do all of the bosses without wiping. And I might have exaggerated a little bit. We kill Fathom Lord six minutes after raid. So we actually were about six minutes slower. But if you factor in how many mistakes we made i think we're actually going at a much faster pace than we normally go it's just with all the mistakes with all the deaths the running back and the resing and the buffing uh, we ended up losing time overall so i think if we have a really really clean next week uh, things are going to go very very quickly that's the hope so that is our tuesday uh, we get some gear out. We actually got a lot of gear out, uh, which was really, really cool to see. Um, people needed pretty much every tier token that dropped. Um, just a lot of the loot ended up 
going to somebody for DKP, which is really, really nice. So you know they're actually going to wear the piece. Uh, that doesn't always happen. So no wipes on bosses at all, but not, not the best Tuesday raid. Uh, and unfortunately, going into Thursday, things also weren't feeling that good. So we go in on Thursday. The only bosses left are Morgrim and Lady Vash. Obviously, we have Kael'thas, but we don't even have any attempts on Kael'thas yet. Uh, so I'm not too concerned about how we do on him. Only concerned about Morgrim and Lady Vash. Uh, Morgrim, uh, and this is sort of how the night starts and we realize that things uh, aren't going to go as smoothly as we would like. We would love to just smash Morgrim. It's okay to wipe once or twice. Uh, it's not the end of the world. But things go poorly for us in some of the worst ways. We have, I think, 27 people show up. So we have to sit two people. Uh, however, one of our, our best healers and is either camping or um, I think he has no internet. He might be at a music festival. Uh, but he tried to get on. And in our first Morgrim attempt, he just says it's not happening. Uh, we wipe mainly due to watery graves. I think we had two healers watery graved as the healer died or something. And it just the, the our paladin tank just died and there was nothing that we could do. Uh, so that was pretty unfortunate. And right then we say, OK, we need to replace our sixth healer, who is amazing. <laughs> it is a carpet in our guild. He is a druid. He is incredible. And that's pretty worrisome to have to replace him on progression night uh, because he is one of our, our better healers. I, uh, I got whispered from, uh, I think you can say our, our best DPS, uh, a warlock in our guild. And he just says, carpet is worth two healers. <laughs> <laughs> because you don't want to see one of your best healers gone for a progression night. So that was that was uh, pretty scary. Uh, but we have backup people. So we go ahead and say, hey, come on in. And uh, no response. Both of the people that we sat were not ready to uh, to come in within 10 minutes. Right. If you're on if you're benched and, and you might come on for Lady Vash or we say, hey, if we need you, we'll pull you in. You don't really expect to be needed after one immediate wipe. So uh, I think one went to the store and maybe one went to the bathroom. I don't know. So we have to do a 24 person pull, which doesn't feel great on a progression night. Uh, and we wipe again uh, in the same same issue. I think that I think our prop paladin uh, died, uh, which, again, a healer thing that can be rough. So what we do is we actually have our uh, one of our mages has a shaman healer. We bring in that shaman healer, and then eventually we end up getting uh, one of our bench players back in. So we're at 25, and we're ready to go. We have everyone here uh, fully ready, and we take our third pull on Morgrim, and everything just goes horribly, and we die again. <laughs> so we actually wipe a third time on Morgrim. So keep in mind, we were expecting to come in and just have the whole night on Lady Vash. Like, oh, she's going down, no problem. Now we're three wipes into Morigrim. We're almost, we're, we're over 40 minutes in. I'm, I'm looking at the logs that I have this info. Um, our, our wipe is, uh, I think we pull at 10.39 my time. So we're already 40 minutes into raid. We just had to do a little bit of trash, right? So we, you know, we're, we're, we're pretty worried now. <laughs> Things aren't feeling great. Uh, we do our fourth pull on Morigrim for the night. And uh, at any time, only a single healer got watery graved. 
finally we weren't having those double watery graves which just plague us and maybe it plagues everybody maybe we're not unique in the fact that every watery grave uh, we always have two healers in it and then we have one of the healers healing those healers that are in it and it just becomes mayhem right the murlocs are out the healers are are trapped and then a healer is healing those healers so they don't die uh, but we actually kill Morgrim here. We 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 do it right. Only as only a single healer has ever gone at a time. And honestly, a Morgrim that goes well feels way easier, right? Like as long as the Paladin tank doesn't die, and I have a ton of gear now compared to when we first got Morgrim, so my death isn't as uh, RNG based. I can I can usually live here. I don't really have any living problems now. Uh, but other than that, when it when a when an attempt goes well, it's like everyone's alive. It seemed really easy. Healing wasn't a problem. Uh, and, and it just goes really, really well. So luckily, and I, I say this on our way to Vash, uh, we, we do kill Morgrim. Uh, we probably show up at Vash uh, just at uh, an hour into raid. So we have about two hours on, uh, on Lady V. But I kind of say... I don't really want more than two hours. <laughs> if we can't get her down in two hours, I'm going to be so fatigued anyway. Last week, we had a nine-pull night, and I was so exhausted by the end because every attempt is 10 minutes, right? Like, every single attempt is 10 minutes on Lady Vash, and it's just, it's just far too long. Uh, so I end up being very, very fatigued. But last week, we just kept getting better and better until we were having multiple 2%, 1% attempts where she was basically dead. So she's going down immediately, uh, except that we just had that horrible Morgrim scenario. So none of us are that confident. Maybe we'll need a couple uh, of pulls, but uh, we'll, we'll see what happens, right? So we do our first pull, and it actually goes really solid. We go to phase three like normal. I really think we have we have a really, really strong phase two. Uh, and we kind of had since the after the first week of progression, we always hit phase three unless we wipe it on purpose. Like there's no scenario where we don't make it out of phase two. Uh, it's just how we get into phase three matters a lot. Right. We, we can do it with really no deaths now. Um, but, you know, how many ads are up? Is there a fence strider up? Is there a Naga up? Uh, that's like the worrisome part of, of Lady V. So the first pull um, goes pretty decently. We get her down to, I think, 8% health, something like that. Um, so already we're like, okay, she's in the kill range, 8% health. Uh, we just need to do a little bit better and she's dead. Our next attempt, though, we wipe at like 18% or 19%, um, which doesn't, doesn't feel great uh, coming off of that Morgrim. So uh, that really wasn't enjoyable because again it's a 10 minute fight you know we wipe in nine minutes six seconds right in phase three with like 18 percent health left that's a long time uh you get kind of fatigued right but then our third attempt sort of turns that around uh it feels really really solid and uh what we were able to do was get her down almost to a kill i was quite positive Lady V was going to die, and I think that's why I hate this fight more than any other fight. Not only is it extraordinarily long, it's the only fight I realized that I can't be happy when she gets to 
2% or 3% because a healer can get MC'd and start healing her up. You'll have both DPS, uh, maybe only a few DPS are, are uh, left up. And if two DPS get MC'd, then she's just not dying. Yeah, she's not getting healed, but she's not dying. And that sort of seems to happen to us a lot. And, and a majority, I don't, maybe not a majority, but nearly 50% of our pulls, she's dying in this like sub 4% or not dying in the sub 4% health. And it's it can be kind of, it's it's hard. It's hard to deal with that. So having a 2% wipe, it's just hard mentally, right? You're like, I thought we were going to get it. Um, so we have one more pull that was super, super close. We have one more pull. And unfortunately, it goes even worse. We wipe at like 10% as opposed to 2%. And maybe it was like 8 and she got healed. But it, it was a lot rougher. At this point, I'm... I'm pretty uh I'm pretty worried. <laughs> I'm pretty disheartened. Something that we're doing now, just as a, a, a frame of reference, something that we're doing now that we weren't doing before is um our boomkin has, has stepped up a lot in managing shaman cooldowns. And what we're doing is cycling our shamans through our warlock group. So our warlocks are our absolute pumpers, and we were bringing a lot of shamans in, especially because one of our mages switched over to a shaman. Uh, so that he could also heal. We have like five or six shamans, uh, and we want the warlocks to get it so that we're just pumping Lady V in the third phase, right? So the whole night, he's swapping in uh, these shamans so that our warlocks can pump. We're really trying very hard, right? We're planting thornlings on the ground. Engineers brought landmines so that uh, we could put those on the ground so that they can soak poisons. Uh, they don't really soak poisons. They just uh, will take one shot and then die. Uh, but that's still okay, right? We're doing everything we can, and it it almost feels like we're doing worse than last week, unfortunately. Uh, it's not feeling so great, and it's break time. We're, we take a three-minute break, um, and I think everyone's sort of feeling the same thing, because at this point, uh, I think after our three-minute break, we've got less than an hour left, right? Um, and I, I could be wrong. The break could have been before that last pull. I'm not sure. Uh, but the last... Uh, the last poll's coming up really soon. We, we, I don't want to say we wasted that first hour, but I, I was joking like, oh, I don't want more than two hours on Lady V anyway. And then suddenly, uh, after our fourth attempt and our break, uh, our next poll happens at uh, 12.23. There's less than 45 minutes left in raid, and again, every attempt is 10 minutes. Then you're running back for another 10 minutes. It's, it's true. It's almost a nightmare, honestly. <laughs> with how long it takes to do these pulls. So um, we have a, a really, really strong attempt. Something that we learned that I think uh, happened, I think it happened on the fourth pull where we wiped, is um, we, we learned that we can actually output quite a bit of DPS in phase two, where we don't need to hero until right as she's coming up. What we were doing before was heroing um, a little bit early so that we could make sure mobs were going down, but our DPS was really on top of everything, and we were able to hero a little bit later and then give the Warlocks those multiple heroes afterwards just for Lady V. Uh, so that, was, that, that worked out really well. So what we did was we kind of extended our phase two so we probably could have dunked early and had like a full Naga up and half a Fenstrider, but what we did is we delayed it we waited until another fence rider was about to come up, uh, and I think we went into phase three with about thirty. Uh, just an elite, a Naga elite up at about thirty percent health. We start cycling warlocks into uh, or shamans into the warlock group. Uh, they're getting they're getting heroism. 
we we unfortunately have to tell our enhancement shaman, who is a great player, by the way. None of this is his fault, but uh, it's a little rough in melee range. So what we end up doing is once things get dicey, he sort of is sitting out of melee range and just putting grounding totems down for me so that I'm not getting uh, like the cataclysmic shock on me. So he's putting grounding totems down outside of range, so he's not dying, which is actually helping a lot. I, I noticed that I wasn't getting shocked as much as I do as when he sits in melee range. I think partially because they they die in melee range sometimes. So that was really, really good, uh, having him sit outside. We lose some DPS, but we gain some sort of like him dying, and then we, sometimes we would have to waste a lot of heals on him or have to waste a battle res on him. This ended up just being simpler, sitting out and sort of being like a, a buff bot, unfortunately. It's not fun, but I think it helped. And yeah, we, we hit down the Thornlings. One of the things that we were struggling with a lot is we didn't really know if we should put the Thornlings down later when it gets hard or if we should put them down earlier so we can output as much DPS as we can while everyone is alive. And we were sort of teetering on this back and forth, um, but we ended up getting a good rhythm down where people were putting them down a little bit early, maybe like 22%, uh, but we were staggering them a bit. Melee was putting them down. Uh, whenever we got hit by a spore, what we could do is put the thornings down in that spore and then move. Uh, which was really, really useful. And sort of staggering those Thornlings over that like 22 to 15 to 12%, um, put people putting them down as they sort of have the ability to, oh, it's time to move. Okay, I'll put a Thornling down. And we're in that same scenario where people start dying, right? It's like 10%, spores are flying out. Uh, you know, people are starting to die. Ranger are starting to die. Healers are starting to die, which in this sort of fight, becomes a huge problem because those MCs, a much larger percentage of your raid is now MC'd, right? Because the same amount of MCs come out, but you have eight people dead. So you have to manage those people. Uh, you, it's, it can become really, really difficult here, right? So we're in that same scenario, 5%, 4%. And I'm looking, and not many more people have died. We had those you know we had quite a few deaths but it's not that situation where we had a few deaths and then everyone's dying it's like we had a few deaths but then people are still living for a bit and you know it's getting it's ramping up obviously but it was a handful of deaths and then it starts ramping up where it's a death like every five seconds but it's five percent health and then four percent health and then two and I'm screaming. It's 1% health. Maybe I'm not screaming. Maybe I'm not keying up screaming. But I'm like, please, just this one time. I just don't want to be stuck here anymore. <laughs> um, and she's at like 1.5%. And she moves away from me <laughs> into like poison. And I'm like, please don't do this right now. Um, I think she actually, maybe I think she actually, uh, she roots me. Uh, in poison when she's like two or three percent and i'm just no please like let's just close this out and then she dies and we freaking scream lady vash goes down on i think our 20th pull she finally dies when like half of our pulls are like sub four percent pulls finally she is dead and it was un believably exciting um i was i was so stoked and you can see how stoked i was uh, i think bob is putting the 
he streamed it and he put the highlight reel. He doesn't future Bob or past Bob, I guess, doesn't know this yet. Uh, but I think he's going to put the highlight in the description of the podcast. So go check out the highlight if you want to hear us all scream. And just don't judge my tanking when you watch. <laughs> but we ended up killing her. And we we really did an incredible job. I mean, uh, our warlocks did an amazing job. Uh, like I said, our top DPS, FJ and her guild, 99 parsed our first lady Vash kill, which is just incredible. And yeah... I know he got multiple shaman heroisms, but it's still really cool to see our, our warlocks just absolutely crushing it out there. Our our boomkin was switching those shamans around for us, which made a huge, huge help. Um, but everyone really came together. We 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 finally killed her. The only problem is that I'm still terrified for next week. I've got no idea how next week will go. I feel like we can still wipe all night on her. Uh, but we actually did it. I wish I didn't have to come from the future and Bob and Mel could be screaming with me right now. Uh, but I'm sure they are just as excited. And again, if you watch, you'll see that everyone is is so hyped that we finally got this kill. We're nine of ten. Which, by the way, you can cut this if you want, Bob. I feel silly having gone on that rant saying, oh, we're, we're eight of ten and don't deserve a podcast. Excuse me, eight of ten. We're a nine of ten guild coming through right here. Hello. I think that makes us the number one guild in the world, nine of ten is and is anyone else nine of ten that plays this game? I'm not even sure. But we are now. And we're the good nine of ten. We maybe it was a mistake going to Vash first. I'm not sure. <laughs> maybe we could have gotten Kelthos down a week or two ago if we went that route instead of Vash. Uh, because Vash ended up being very, very hard. A lot, a lot harder than I was expecting. Uh, even with the Thornling cheese, I was kind of expecting the Thornling to actually be a cheese, but she's still pretty hard even when you're doing that. But I'm hoping KT goes down real easy. We've really come together uh, as a guild trying to go through Lady Vash. We've had to uh, re really fine-tune the strategy on her. If we do the same for Kael'thas, I'm sure he'll go down in a week or two as well, too. But I'm very excited. Nine of ten. We, we got past that hurdle. Uh, we killed... The hardest boss in the game right now, as far as I'm concerned. When you look at kill rates, the hardest boss in the game is down. We just have to now kill the second hardest boss in the game. Uh, and we're going to be 10 of 10. Progression has been a lot of fun. And I'm sure next week we'll, we'll talk a lot and we can we talk about how great progression has been in TBC. But there weren't a lot of fights in vanilla that made me feel this way, right? Saffron, obviously, I think was a really big one. Four Horsemen was a really big one. Uh, and then, not Kael'thas, but the other KT, Kel'Thuzad was another uh, big one. He wasn't really that hard, uh, but just getting down Nax was like a huge, like, <laughs> we finally did it. But other than those bosses, nothing really felt similar to killing Lady V. I think this is like the most exciting, definitely the hardest boss that we've had to deal with in Classic. 20 pulls, honestly, 20 pulls isn't that bad. If we were like PTRing and had gotten those pulls done on the PTR and we could kill her in 20 pulls, I'd be happy. It's just 20 pulls take so long with Lady V that those 20 pulls had to be spread out across three weeks of multiple hours on her. Because again, 10 minutes for a fight, 10 minutes to run back. Uh, it can be a little bit tough. 10 minutes might be an exaggeration, maybe five minutes to run back. But uh, these fights do go on for quite a while. But that 
was our week. We are 9 of 10. We accomplished everything we wanted to. Uh, the drops were awful because it's our guild. Of course, we don't get any good loot. Uh, I did get the expertise dagger from her, so I might play around with dual wielding that or something. I already have the mallet of tides. Uh, and then we got some other nonsense piece. Uh, but the, the tier pieces are huge. People are finally now, because this is our first end boss we killed, finally, people are able to get their four set so as we're killing Lady Vash, people are going to get a lot stronger with their four set, and I'm very much looking forward to that. Uh, but this this has been yep tuning in from the future to give you an update, and I'm so glad that you're going to hear me act really confident, like oh, and we killed her, and I was really worried that I was going to have to come on here from the future later and be like, yeah, we. We didn't we didn't kill her. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, guys. We we didn't kill her. We did kill her. I might, I, I, you know, Kale Foss still up. Didn't get any attempts on him. That's fine. That might have been an overzealous prediction on my part. But hey, Lady V's down. We are so psyched. And go ahead and watch it. It's, it's honestly a blast to see everyone so excited. And finally, after all this time, and I say all this time, <laughs> if you consider, like, retail progression or progression in other expansions this is not that long of a time to be stuck on a boss but for classic this has been such a new experience because classic just hasn't been you're stuck on a boss for three weeks in a row uh, that's just not been what it's what it's like right in vanilla or tvc you just don't have that maybe saffron was the closest thing and saffron i thought was going to break our guild up because i was like okay if we take more than three weeks on saffron uh, we're, we're just going to have to either start recruiting or call it quits for now. Um, but, but yeah, Lady V was, was a blast to get through. Hopefully next week she goes down in an attempt or two. Uh, but I'm very excited for next week. Very excited that we got her down. And we're back from the future. I hope what Yip had to tell you was good wow, news. That was pretty exciting to listen yeah. to, huh? Super wow, crazy. What happened? Who who would have thought we would have killed Vash and Kalethos on the on in one night, our first <laughs> night of Kalethos? Good job, everybody. <laughs> is that the is that the prediction? <laughs> hey, if we one shot Lady Vash, you never know. Uh, Unfortunately, and everybody else knows, but we don't. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> All right. Well, th with that being said, now that we're back to the past, let's move on to <laughs> time for the news. So, in the current news, everybody, hope I hope you know, but the All, Hall All Hallows End is in. It has it has started. Don't know uh, if you guys have seen it, but you should definitely check it out. First off, the candy is usable in raid. There is three diff or four different types. There is melee, and I believe ranged hit. Uh, there is defense, there is spell power, and there is and there is healing. You can get these at any at any inn once a day. They last for twenty five hours real time, not not game time. Twenty four hours. Um, they stack up to four times, 
and they can be used with any other buff that you use in raid. So should definitely get these because once it stacks for spell power, you get like 24 spell uh, spell power, 44 healing power, I think 20 defense and 20 hit rating. So they're definitely worth it to just run, at least grab a few before beef before raid. They're random. You can trade them. You can't mail them, but you can trade them. So yeah. And just be wary when you trade them. If you trade them to somebody that has, that has stacks with a lower amount of time, it will take the lowest amount of time when stacking together. That was a bug that you could take advantage of before to ref to refresh the time. That definitely doesn't work here. But have you guys gotten any candy? I mean, I, I would just bank your current stack if anyone's about to trade you any. Yes. Yeah. 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 Definitely. You can. Um. I. I don't know if it'll work forever, but uh, someone in our guild blunders mentioned that you can bank your stack get new ones and then stack your new one on top of your banked ones and refresh the duration i think on them oh, interesting yeah like the newest one I think that works stack for it. the uh valentine's candies right well with the valentine's candies the time didn't run down when you were logged off so you could True. put them on an alt and then just <laughs> wait till you needed them but yeah. with these the ticker is counting when you're logged off it's like way too big of a hassle but you also couldn't trade those yeah, I used the um, Alar, or for Alar, I used the speed candies, which was kind of nice. Uh, you can get like 16% speed without using up like your potion slot, and I don't think it saved us <laughs> anything, uh, but it was kind of interesting to have that little speed boost of running, but uh, other than that, they're they're kind of nice. They're just little buffs. They're very, they're pretty small. Yep, and then, I mean... 24 spell power is like the same on my all my awesome wand that I just got has 23. So it's definitely a it's definitely a jump. It's the same, you know, it's 24 as opposed, you know, it's like an in an enchant on gloves. So it's definitely nothing to turn your nose up to. Yeah, yeah. And for us tonight especially on Vashning, that's just one little extra thing could be nice. And then the other, there's other stuff going on. We're not going to go through all of it. You can check the DM notes for the link, but uh, there's some good, there's some good ring drops. They're really about, they're on par with like Kara. So don't be expecting like I don't think it's as good as the trinkets you were getting for Brew for Brewfest. Did you want to say something yet? I don't like that the Horseman's reins are dropping. Oh, I was getting to that. <laughs> yeah, I was sorry. getting to that. So we did theorize way back when because. Initially, the the reins of the uh, horseman did. Uh, I don't know if that's the name of it, but the, it's the horseman's reins. Yeah, the mount that is a horse that flies and walks was never actually dropped in TBC because Halloween didn't align up with when it was put in at the very last patch of TBC. So yeah. you saw, saw the first one in Wrath. Yeah. So two point four. 2.4 comes out, right, in, like, the middle of summer or something, or spring, uh, before Wrath comes out. And then October, like, two or three weeks before Wrath comes out, the mount unlocks with Hollow's End. Which means, until Wrath pre-patch was out, there was not, like, a... There wasn't a flying horse like this in the game. 
But now it's out from the beginning of TVC, and that's not right. Well, and we did, I mean, I, I don't know if it was you and me, but it was for sure me thinking it might just be in because we were using the last patch. Yeah, which I, I had assumed it would be in. I'm not, I don't know, I'm not a huge fan, unless they're thinking that TBC isn't going to last another Halloween. In which case, this would be the only TBC Halloween to get them out. Mm. In which, and I would be okay mm. with that. I would be okay if that was the case. Um, but if they're planning on like two full Halloweens, like we're going to be in like Zolomon next Halloween or something, um, it's kind of like lame. But it is the only chance you have to wrap. You may, it's fine. Uh, but it is just really early for a mount like this to be in the game. Feels like a higher drop rate than I remember back in the day, too. But maybe people are just smarter and faster at killing it and more in doing it every day as opposed to back then. But it just, I tried to get it all the way through Kata and still was never able to get it. So I, so I don't know. Well, that's how I, that's how we felt about the Brewfest mounts. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if the case ends up being the same with the Headless Horseman. Because we have like, 15 to 20 brewfest mounts like, in our guild which is nuts i've got i have a ram on each character yeah it's, i care more about insane. the remote you know we, yeah yeah but that that kind of awesome. mount drop is absolutely insane if if our guild ends halloween with 20 horsemen's reigns that's absurd so i i would hope that they're not a similar drop rate like that the horsemen's reigns were always like a very exclusive item i remember and i would do that every day you know every time that i could we we don't have any yet, right? Nah, no, we don't. I don't think we. I don't think anyone's seen one yet, which makes me think Congrats, that it's Kim. rarer than the Brewfest. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even done it yet. Yeah, I haven't got to do it yet, and I'm bummed about it. I do really, really want to do it. So, anybody that wants to take me, just to let everybody know, the first time you do it, you can do it twice in a row. So, first time ever. Yeah, the first time ever you okay. do it during the E event, you get to do it twice in a row. Whereas anytime you do it after, you can only do it once per 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 day. The same as as the brew fest, like each person can start it. So have you have okay, so me and Kim haven't got to do it. Do you want to talk about it yet, but just kind of give an overview of what you do? It's really easy. So <laughs> um it's in Scotland Monastery, it's in the graveyard. And, uh, of course, and I, I tell this cringy story, uh, I used to have the headless horseman head that drops and I would, uh, use his little poem. You have to click on a mound and you say a poem to summon him. And I would have a macro that as I charged with the headless horseman helm on that I would say it be like, <laughs> here comes your demise. Uh, but he's really easy. I think a lot of people are like four DPSing one healing him. You don't need a tank. I don't think for it. I just like, I, I just DPS it in my like um, resilience gear and it's super easy. You have to kill him in three phases. You, you kill him all the way down. His head pops off and you kill the head uh, to a third. His head comes back on. You kill him again. Head pops off. Uh, this time when he comes back, he starts summoning ads. But if you're like doing like 800, 700 to 800 DPS with three DPS, then he's just going to die before the ads get spawned. And you just kill them really quickly. Um, if it's slower, I can see how it's a little bit hectic at the end, but it's a pretty easy fight. It's much, much easier than than the Brewfest fight, in my opinion. Brewfest was kind of like, if you brought all alts, you were kind of like, oh, this is annoying. This is a little bit hard. You might have people die every, mm -hmm. now and again. Uh, not really the case in uh, 
in the horseman fight. Okay, cool, cool. Nice. I won't feel bad about bringing in my rogue then. <laughs> no, you can still feel bad about that. <laughs> I should feel bad for having a rogue, Dan. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's a bummer, but rogues, rogues go back to awesome in in wrath. So awesome, and they remain awesome in PvP and go back to awesome in PVE. So you oh, you, did you know rogues get a miss a misdirect in? Uh, in wrath which is oh, which is really nice i kind of remember that you also get like group cloak or something right wait no is that later is that cat that's hunt hunters get that later hunters get camouflage <laughs> i do i do remember you get the uh in combat which is what i'm pretty sure everybody will use in wrath you get the final thing which is you warp behind somebody and do this like five hit thing on him and you always like you misdirected the fight or you misdirect with that move and it's like huge it's huge aggro for the tank and it's you jump up really high dps like right at the start it's super cool i forget what it was called but yeah i can't i can't wait to do rogue and wrath it was a it was a lot of fun so in other news they just keep making Classic, fresh, season of mastery, whatever you want to call it, more and more interesting. So first off, you know, earlier in the week they found these different, uh, uh, these different, you know, strings in uh, through through data mining, and uh, they've since explained them. So I'm not going to I'm not going to explain much of the strings except for I'll explain uh, diamond flask. Uh, it looks like they. They did. They changed something about it, which everybody believes to be that you will no longer be able to use Diamond Flask to heal. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know what this was, Diamond Flask is a a class specific warrior trinket from uh, Sunken Temple that you do a quest for. You get it on it. It has a use that. Uh, restores nine health every five seconds and increases your strength by 75. Well, the strength by 75 was already a huge buff, but the nine health per five seconds would allow you to do something weird. You could basically deck your warrior out in all plus healing gear. Then you would pop the trinket and it would actually compound on whatever healing gear you have. And then you would right, you would pop that right before the pole switch back your gear, keep the flask on, and then that healing would persist throughout and you would get massive healing during the fight on your warrior. It was also pretty pretty mean for like PvP and stuff like that too. So it looks like they're going to change that. I don't I don't even understand why they left that in the game. Every other Same. snapshot item got removed even in classic the sword from Baron Rivendare, right? The one that like heals you or something. I forget it's proc exactly or what it does, but mm-hmm. you could snapshot like plus spirit gear or something in order to be like invincible. And they were like, hey, this is broken. We're going to not let it snapshot your gear. I don't know why they didn't do that with Diamond Flask to begin with. It was already a strong cooldown button, right? I mean, we all got Diamond Flask when it came out and we're like, well, this is a trinket we wear because of its DPS. The fact that it also made you like 
an invincible PvP -er or an invincible PvE. -er. I could go into Maradon and solo like anything with low gear just because you just pop your healing gear on Diamond Flask. Like, ha ha ha. Who needs <laughs> who needs a healer? I hated that. I hated that whole meta. Like, honestly, even if you had like full Ani bags, it was just such a chore to like lug around oh, yeah. just for the sake of like maximizing this one trinket. And it's like, dude. Is this is that what life is about? <laughs> yeah, you were able to get like later on, like late phases, you were able to get so much healing gear that just was going to be sharded or mm -hmm. they just go ahead and give it to you. I mean, like ZG, MC, all these different things. You could get all this gear like I and it was just another set of gear I had to tote around on my warrior. But I mean, at the time it was kind of cool, but it definitely probably should have never been in there. But I think that's the only string that isn't mentioned in this last piece in our notes. So I'm just going to go through one by one, yell out if you want me to stop, because some of it, like, there's no there's no reason to stop. Mm -hmm. So they, uh, they're basically telling us the other stuff that's going on and some of the same stuff we all, we all, we already know with the season of mastery. So test characters can now be leveled to 60. The Adventure O Awaits buff now grants a additional ex experience bonus to dungeon quests and quests flagged as elite. High Elf Watchers have made an appearance in Iron in Ironforge Library and Undercity Apocarithum. I can't say that word. Uh, seeking to chronicle those who bear a soul of iron. Now this is the hardcore support. Yeah. So let's talk about that real let's Yeah, we can dive into that. So basically you go to an N an NPC and you get this buff. And basically uh if you've already died on that character, you cannot get the the um buff. So that you know, you have to do it before you've ever died. And it basically tells anybody around you that you have never died. If you die, you get tarnished soul and your little soul pops out and stays for like, from what I'm hearing, like six to eight hours. Whoa. It just stays on the, the ground. It looks like a little glowing, like turquoise ball. And then you get the, uh, you get a, a, you get a different buff called tarnished soul. And that buff Makes it so you have one per percent less stats, and then you can have it removed, but you can't have the other buff put back on. Now, I thought it'd be cool if they just left that in so that they could, you know, like you literally have to delete the character to get it off. I thought it would be cool just if you want to keep that character that you decide to do hard hardcore with, you're always gonna have one percent less stats. I don't. I don't think that's. <laughs> Or like, uh, or like, have it have it go down, like have it stack, but have it go down every week, like the the respect cost. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I just don't know because hardcore is supposed to be delete your character. No one, yeah, and this is just how like how many people are really oh, doing that. Like, 
The there's quite a few people. No, there's well, not. not casuals. There's quite a few. No, there's there quite a few of the community. That's some people real honor, honor their honor characters system. when they die. Like, there's like there I is could a show small you like forty five small streamers. Yes, there are a it. small community of content creators making hardcore videos. No player wants to delete their character after they <laughs> after they die. You could like, be right. You could be I, right. Uh, if you want you to, go back to delete character the character. <laughs> Yeah, if you want to delete the character, the game should not mandate your death, though. Uh, I think the way they're doing it's fine. This is not enough for me. This is like a joke to me. Like, here, a buff. When, again, RuneScape, a much smaller company, was able to implement an entire actual game mode. They call it a Soul of Iron, but classically, Iron Man means you're a solo player. Uh, not like a hardcore player. So I feel like if they want to have a soul of iron, you need to implement actual rules like you can't use the auction house, you can't trade, uh, you can only get you know use items that you find yourself. Like if they want to implement a real mode, they can do that. This is fine. I appreciate this, but it's also like as little work as possible. I appreciate them doing something, but other games are already doing a much better job at this. Just go find an empty server. <laughs> Yeah, just go find it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, people are self-imposing these rules. So I hope they do more with this. This is a good start. I'm glad they're doing something. But I also sort of like, it, to me, if they didn't do something, I'd be kind of annoyed, right? Because there is, there are people who want to play this game in alternative ways. And I think that they should allow, uh, there should be some in-game rules to allow for that. Uh, so I'm glad they're doing this. But I, it's more like I would have been upset if they didn't do anything in a season for this. I would be interested to see if... Uh... There is like, you know how like there are, like there is in StarCraft and Warcraft 3, like use map settings modes or like in Overwatch now you have servers with like custom rules and stuff like that. It'd be cool to see if like, if there was enough traction to do this, we could have people like create their own rule sets or like have like a, a you know, a non-official server list that's available to click on like in the main you know, panel and stuff like where you just like like go to a different server that's just set up differently and no matter what you have to play by the those rules if you join the server that's gonna happen as soon as blizzard does something that causes everyone to flock back to private servers they're gonna be mm. like yeah uh, we you can make your own server just also pay us a subscription while you do <laughs> that is <laughs> i feel like that would be a much larger subscription fee if you wanted to do that and it yeah. would be based like your your fee could go up the more that server was actually used that would be something they could Im implement but you making your own server and then like just think if asmongold made his own and all and all of a sudden they had to like support this server that has like you know 10,000 people on it and like they're only charging him fifteen bucks a month. Like, yeah, I don't think that's gonna fly. But I could see that where they're basically renting out yeah. your uh your your ability. Like, it'd be a different subscription, but that's a cool idea, actually. Yeah, yeah I'd, I mean, I'd I'd love to play some like modded WoW, right? Like with the full approval and like software backing of Blizzard, right? Like, I think that'd be pretty nice because, like. Customarily, like they've shown that they can implement things where players do have full control over kind of like their own world, right? And like, I mean, it might be really hard with like an MMO, like, well, like, I mean, there are probably standardized rule sets that just go out to every server and that's it. 
and to like, I don't know what it takes to modify the the core of that functionality. But I mean, I've I've always been a fan of like the use map settings, like freaking Dota came out in Warcraft 3, right? Or like Warcraft 2? Yeah, uh, whatever. No, we're three, 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 and uh, and that's you know, why they'll I'm never playing. do it again. That that's not a bad point, though. Actually, <laughs> yeah, great reason. But the point that I was throwing it is, if they basically like, if some like they would rent out, you would pay. But then, if you're getting enough people to play on it, they would revenue share. It would be like a mm. give and take thing where they could actually make money, and the person, the peop the person or persons doing the server could actually make make money back that's i mean that's an it, interesting thought it's, it's like a different different type of content creation right like you're literally creating content for people to play not necessarily like watch but they're still your ideas and stuff people became millionaires off of minecraft servers <laughs> just straight up making their own games and you just like pay to play <laughs> yeah, yeah that's actually a huge topic but we we don't have a, we we do Too have a very a actual yeah, we have an actual schedule today, so I'm I'm going to move on to the next part. We have to we have to make it to raid. So the they took out out world buffs with the raids. They were already playing on doing it. It's just now in the actual the actual beta. They got rid of the debuff limit on enemy units. Uh, they okay now they sig significantly changed. They significantly lessened the, ex the experience that it is now awarded to players who kill creatures while in a group with m one or more players at much higher level slain. We'll get back to that once we get to the rest of... Actually, let's just do this in a weird order. All right, let's just... We'll get back to that in a second. Looking for, for a group tool is now present in the, in the Burning Crusade Classic. It's the same one we have. It's not... Like the Q LFG, where you queue for just the one that's in TBC right right now. All right, so here basically here's the next part of how they're stopping mage boosting. So, like I said, B four if you're in a group with one or more players at a much higher level. I don't know what much means, but much higher level is the the wording that they use. Then you get less less experience in Stratholm. All un all undead creatures will now gain e immunity to stairs after thirty seconds of entering combat, uh, and then gain e immunity to roots after an additional thirty seconds. Maradon, many creatures will gain an e immunity to to stairs thirty seconds after entering combat, and and it's the same. Gain e, e immunity to roots. After that, uh, Maradon, 30 seconds after gaining immunity to root effects, enemies gained 50% increased movement speed. Oh. Maradon and Stratholm, any type of crowd control, except snares or roots, will reset the snare immunity and root e e immunity and speed buffs. So if you're doing some sort of mm. sap or something like that, or fear, it'll reset your actual... Root and uh, snares. Zol Zolfarak zombie trolls uh, now drop drop less l lucrative items. Most of the loot previously dropped by by 
by zombie trolls has been redistributed to other enemies in the dungeon. Comics. Yeah, they're they're kicking mage boosted ass right right there. Yeah, damn, that's nuts. I mean, like they thoughts. Uh, what they they got to come in with like sappers now or something? Cut into their profit line. Like, wait, what, uh, is there any way to gonna, do it? I mean, there's I mean, there's no way to do the big pull. Yeah, at least no way that we can theorize. There might be people that are crazy and no reset points. I mean, clearly their intent is to kill that. So if it if this doesn't, something else will. Um, interestingly, I find it interesting that they are significantly reducing experience, but then also making these Stratholme Mardon's all frock changes. Which to me says they don't want people to boost themselves either. I don't know if you guys know, but an a, an appropriately leveled mage can actually solo Mardon and level themselves, so they don't have to be like sixty and full of gear anymore. So I have a feeling that they're like, on one hand, we don't want a high level mage boosting you. On the other hand, you also can't boost yourself. <laughs> like, like slave <laughs> pens. Funny fight. Yeah. Yeah, this is what I've brought up many times in these converse these these conversations about stopping boosting. I've pointed out another big problem is economy with just the amount of gold mages can make by by doing a AoE farms. Totally. So yeah. Especially if they're disenchanters, they just hole up. Do you see anything they did about paladins, or do we really not have to worry about paladins until the TBC talents come out? I think that might be the case. I think um, that I would say I would say that's the case because like there weren't that many paladins pal- doing runs. Well, I guess that there weren't really any. It's Strathholm is the only thing that I'm not sure they could run. If they can run Strathholm, I can't. I don't remember if they could do it before the pre patch or not. I think it's the talent changes yeah. that actually changed it to where they actually could do enough damage to make it work. Because they, they, can't, they can't really do Mardon. And they can do something like Scarlet Monastery really well, but this actually doesn't target Scarlet Monastery at all or like any of the low dungeons. So like there will be a cap. Uh, you will be able to like, I don't know, mage. you can't really self-mage boost in like Cathedral. It's not the same as like Maradon or Zulfurok, where you're just gonna get like insane OXP solo in there as a mage. Um, but clearly, like you will still be able to make some money. Uh just the drops in Cathedral if you're a level 60 mage. So they're not getting rid of like your only ways to make money as a mage. It's just this is a <laughs> this is big. This is like they want to yeah. kill the leveling. And if this doesn't, there's almost like no point in talking about like the specifics of like, will this kill it? I have a feeling they'll just change it. As soon as someone can do it, if someone on the beta is able to do it, I think they'll just change it. They clearly want it dead. This is like a hammer. This is a nail straight through the heart. They're really putting a lot of work in into it. And you can complain as, as much as you want, but just try and give them feedback because it looks like they have teams. I I believe this is a lot Holly, uh, uh, Holly Longs, uh, Longsdale. I believe this is a lot her because she's the one that made EverQuest Classic. I don't know what they call it, but she's the one that made that work. And they brought her in after they saw how good Classic did and how nobody had any idea what to do. And so, I mean, this this does look good for the f- the future. If you're looking for a reborn game and a re in and a reinventing of Classic WoW. If you're looking for classic classic, like 
vanilla, like, you know, you might be a little upset, but this is pretty interesting and neat for the future of what this game could become. Yeah, they're, they clearly are open to doing all the things that people want. It's just, can can they and will they find a mix that ends up being like an incredible game? At least they're open to all of these things. Um, like I was, you know, I'm, I'm negative about the master of, you know, the, uh, the soul of irons or whatever. Uh, but the fact that they're doing anything, <laughs> at, at least they're doing that. And it's exciting that they, they, you know, depending on what the community wants, they probably will rapidly change a lot of these things, uh, which I think is pretty exciting. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's pretty neat going forward. If you're upset about not having vanilla, I am sorry. I do, I do, I do feel for you, but we did have two years of that. And, you know, they don't want to make servers for, we're going to have a little discussion, you know, in a later episode with an email we got, but they're not really looking to recreate that exact replica. But, you know, I think I said it last week, like if they just keep everything the same and don't do this every season or every, every fresh will be smaller and smaller if they don't do any changes. What they want to do is make the game grow and you need to change some things to make things grow bigger and bigger. So no matter how you look at it, like if they just keep releasing it over and over the same way, like the player base will shrink and they don't want that. So, of course, they're going to make changes and uh, we need to if we want to play the game and keep playing the game there, we're going to have to make some compromises, I'm sure. If we want if we want Mage Boost and Gone, we might have to be okay with like extra quest XP. All right, guys, let's move into Bobby, we need to have a talk about this World of Warcraft classic. Do I look like I know what a WoW token is? So this week in discussion, we have Kim Jong Oob here to talk about the guild banks. And we have talked to you about it on multiple episodes so far, but we are getting hooked up with the guild bank. And we brought the man, the myth, the legend on to tell us why. So Kim... Let's start from the beginning. What brought this idea on? Well, I guess uh, in past history, I suppose, um, I mentioned that back when I played retail, when it was like progressing outward into different expansions, I did PvP only. And that's not necessarily true um, because back then I also did a lot of auction housing. And at one point, it was all I did. And that's basically the only reason why I paid my subscription, because uh, I ended up getting like bored of PvP. My, some of my PvP friends stopped playing and I was like, OK, I'm just going to like. I'm just going to like flip shit and, you know, see what I could do until. Uh, I get bored of it or whatever. And um, basically. Yeah, so I, I really found that it was a ton of fun to just like like i like to call it craft parsing basically and um i try to do something like like this in classic where uh you know just look at the auction house and like just make whatever's profitable um and that meta has essentially shifted with i mean at least for me because um alchemist three alchemists all the way all the time like no question about it, I've always had an alchemist for the convenient, the sole convenience of it. 
And um, when they when they came out with procs and uh, the different specialties, I was like, oh, yep, yep. This is where this is where uh, this is where I can basically play for free, so to speak, right? And I found that with enough volume, uh, if I crafted things that were solely profitable or break even um, with the products, I could basically have free raid consumes, right? Now for uh, a lot of people that might be, I'm I'm, I'm going to say like, you can't be super optimistic about it. You do need like startup capital, right? Um, because you need to be able to actually crank out the production value in order to make it worth it for you to keep those procs, right? Because like, you know, let's say you have like 2000 gold and you make all this stuff and you're using all your profit, right? Like you're not really going anywhere with that. So you need to even like you need to make it so that even more than your production and procs, um, you're able to kind of sell off half and whatnot. And when TPC came out, like my immediate thing was like, okay, I'm getting a potions master, and I'm getting a flask master, and if time permits, and you know I get bored enough, I'll finish leveling my rogue and and get a transmute master, and um. Basically, that's that's the whole reason why uh, I, I kind of have what I have right now is because I was able to capitalize on the really, really early startup. Yeah. And so in phase one, well, actually going into TBC, I was talking to Harscare and I was like, hey, like if there is a G bank that's coming out in TBC, I want to be involved in some way, you know. Because like I, th- I think in Nax or so, like I was bringing supplies, everything. Like I had, like I basically call it the the Kim store, right? Like in the middle of raid, you know, you need nature pot or nature resist pots. Like I got you covered, you know. Like here's what the craft cost is. Like since you're asking me in raid, I'm gonna charge you know like like you know auction house difference five percent, you know, cut, you know, in order to make it worth my while to actually bring these to raid. And that whole thing was like, it, it was cool. And it, it took a, it took a lot of a uh, preparation, but it wasn't, it wasn't really the ideal way to go about doing things. Right. Because like, you don't, you're, you're really limited by bag space. Like your biggest commodity in that situation is bag space and the ability to transfer things or like, you know, easily get, you know, your goods around from place to place. And in TBC, that all changed because of the fact that not not just because of G Bank, but more so because mail is instant, right? So you can easily go from yeah, like buying stuff out on the auction house to immediate production, and then you go take a shower or whatever because you're all sweaty wild players, right? Well, and also just for the average, like the average player. You no longer have to go to the bay or to go to the au- the auction house ever. Exactly, you just park a guy there and he just sends you what you need, and then you send everything to that guy to sell. It's I mean it's huge. Yeah, I mean, um, so yeah, currently I'm rocking four bank alts. One of them is dedicated to managing Vark Flocken. Um, that'd be my mage because you can blink to the mailbox and all that, and it's pretty awesome. Um, anyway. So in phase one, uh, there's no G bank. And I was like, Hmm. All right. Like, I guess I'll, you know, I'll hook people up with crafts and stuff like that. Basically 
if GBank does plan on coming out, I want this to be my accumulation phase. I want it to be the point where like, once it opens, we just hit the ground running, right? Which is like, I, I, think, I think you both remember in the very beginning, I was really, really pushing to get the extra capital in order to open the slots, right? And that's why, because I had basically sitting on, on my various characters, like, like four tabs worth of stuff just ready to drop and like valuable stuff too, like large brills, like gems, like whatever, right? And so when it dropped, I think, I think, I think Ledger was saying maybe it was like 16 to 17k worth of like materials. Uh, that was the initial startup cost. Um, to just drop in stuff like that's not counting uh, buying the tabs and stuff like that. So, yeah, towards the end of phase one, I was like, all right, I'm a little cash poor right now, but it's going to be totally worth it just to get this project up and running because like it's something that I've wanted to do since classic, really. And I just like didn't have the tools for it. And now that uh, now that I have the tools like you, you guys know, like every, it's just flowing, right? Like, well, hold on, hold on. Don't get don't get too ahead of the. Okay. Uh, let's let's uh like you kind of went over the planning, but was there more planning than just talking to Harskar? Or was Harskar just like he's the he's the he's the GM? Was he just like you just do you just do whatever, bro? Or yeah, was the, the Harskar was like um, I mean, he, he was just basically like I'll leave it up to you if you need anything from me, just just ask. And like Harskar has been absolutely great with just like. Uh, a lot of like the management stuff too, like like um, if there's something that I need or like if if there's something I'm pushing for to happen, then like he'll try his best to like mention it and like see if you know people are willing to help out and stuff like that. I also requested a uh, Mira to be um, to be co treasurer with me because uh, I mean he's just a super cool guy. I like him, and I mean that's not the reason why, but like he also fills in our profession gaps perfectly as well as the fact that like he's willing to do stuff like he just offers like hey like i'm i have i have this this and this like do you need me to craft anything for you being like you know what like that's the type of person that we need like you know in the back lines with me like managing stuff and like looking at things and being like oh we could use this and let's toss some of that in here like, Kim, do you have materials for this and this? Like, or like, can you look at the auction house over time and see if you could pick up uh, these materials in order for us to like make these things and stuff like that? Um, okay. Well, so not to not to jump too far because like, there's actually a, like a good handful of people that craft stuff for for the true. bank. But I want to get to that. True. I like I want to try and get this in you know time in in timeline. So the okay. last question I have for you about the, the beginning and without the punchline, did you have any doubts about this actually working or being the, the guild bank as a whole actually working or being beneficial? Did, what were your doubts without telling me if you were right or wrong? I mean, I don't know. I don't really, I don't really worry about these things too much, I guess. Uh, I, I have my epic mounts. I have my recipes. I have basically whatever. I mean, like last, like, I mean, I, I think that even if uh, the whole venture did not end up the way that it is now, I'd still be relatively happy and, and like, eh, like eh, it doesn't work out. 
All right, everyone's just got to do what everyone does normally, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, it's wor- not- worst case is like for Life returns many normal. weeks of progression. Yeah, for many weeks of progression, you helped, and then the guild bank mm-hmm. ran out of money, which you basically like that's better than the guild bank starting with no money, right? <laughs> I, I like so failure is still better than yeah that like it brings up a really really good point actually like i really wanted this to succeed during progression right that that's the main point of this because like once everything is on farm like life is easy street as far as consumes go right like you stop using flasks and you start using like elixirs and like that's way cheaper to fund and like um just general consumes are you know it's a lot easier as your as your times get cut down and things like that so the the main the main reason why I, I like I I hoarded everything and like like just try to try to like go full hog from the beginning is is because of progression. Like I wanted us to be in this situation where like okay we've trimmed down our team to like twenty five people and you know we have the ability to go like do some really really good stuff. But I don't want people to be limited by gold. Like if. If someone like didn't have a mana pot and that could have saved the raid from wiping, like that's on all of us, you know, like like we need to make sure that everyone has their like universal healthcare type of deal. Right. Like like yeah, basically we're only as strong as our weakest link. <laughs> yeah. Like I like it's basically filling in the gaps of uh, I didn't use it because it's so expensive. It's like, bitch, please. <laughs> Filling in the gaps between the haves and the have nots. So basically, what I got from this is you were confident in your uh, in your ability to work the market. You were also not not stressed by the guild putting un, undue pressures on on you, and you mm-hmm. were hoarding stuff to increase your chances of of making this work. So that that brings me to the next. Now let's start. What did you do? day one with your startup funds and like how did you start getting the bank going do you mean phase one or phase two no no because we talked about phase one your ideas Mm -hmm. and your hoarding and all that phase two when it came out day one you got the bank what did you start doing and like tell us about the first maybe week of mm. what was done to help make this start to work. And then we're going to get on to how it's worked, which is the juicy part of it. So Bob, actually you're, you're a really big part of why it's kind of successful in the first place um, because you bought the nether right in the beginning, like you, you bought the nethers and well, I mean, but don't, I mean, don't, but don't just discount all the other people that don't, that, Oh yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Too. But like, the amount that you tossed in was like exactly enough to get us over that hump in the exact amount of time that we needed. Like, without without that twenty five hundred from from the Nethers, um, we couldn't have picked up that extra tab and like really get the flow of things. I mean, like, okay, maybe maybe we would have been delayed by a week or two, but still, that's not how I liked how I would have liked things to go. You know, like I, I think I like kind of planned beforehand um, what I wanted each tab to do. And like, you know, everything has its right spot. Like, and I went through and I tried to make sure that each tab had like a certain purpose or a profession or something tied to it. So I think uh, the, the newest tab or the, the tab that you picked up in or 
that we were able to pick up because of you, Bob, was the Destropot and Haste Pot and Mana Injectors tab, which I think is a uh, is probably a favorite amongst our guildies. <laughs> For obvious reasons. Uh, but yeah, like basically I wanted to start just rolling this out as soon as possible. And the biggest the biggest concern for me, if anything, was getting other people to t- toss in gold and like be like, hey, this is a worthwhile thing. Like it doesn't if, if you're approaching guildies and soliciting them from gold, like it's like, oh, I don't really know. Well, like a lot of people don't even know me, right? Like we got a lot of new people and they're like, oh, who's this Kim guy? Like, why are they trying to like scam me out of my gold, right? <laughs> I'm just like, oh, uh, well, like, oh, you know, like, trust me, it'll be fine. Um, <laughs> so that was actually my biggest fear was like getting people to actively like throw, you know, like whatever pocket change they have, if any, like into it, you know, and I'm, I'm not me, really. Let me interject, too, if I can. Uh, this is mm-hmm. also the people who do know Kim and were around in classic vanilla also know about our overall mismanagement of the guild bank. Not Kim related, oh. but the guild bank was like an overall negative experience in vanilla. So like getting people to be like, OK, I'm going to give to this. But like I saw I didn't see enough out of this <laughs> in right. vanilla. What does giving into it mean? So that, that mean, was I another think- hurdle. That's a really, really big thing, too. Yeah. Um, that was kind of like. I don't know, I, I think I think back in classic, I had a similar thought, you know, where I was like, man, like. If I had access to, you know, the, the like funds and like materials and shards and whatever, like I'd just be flipping that regularly. Right. And um, like a good example is like yesterday, scroll of Agi, you know, which we regularly use. Um, went from like seven gold or something like that to like 13. And, you know, that's something that I like stocked up on because one, we could use it. And two, volatility exists, right? And like seeing those opportunities for me and not being able to take him was really one of the bigger issues, right? It's like, hey, like we can make so much more or like we can play this much more like smarter if, you know, we maneuvered um our our funds in certain ways or like you know like uh, like if we had an overall strategy um that enabled us to preserve like the storage that we have as well as like being able to you know flip things in order to get the funds that we need to buy stuff that we can't necessarily just produce or farm on our own right now i want to dive into that more because that's something that I don't think a lot of people think about, and that's something that's very unique with ours. It does take a lot of work, so I'm not saying this is going to work for everybody, but I want you to talk about actually flipping, like taking things out that are up in price, making gold off of that, like you're you're buying things that are at a low price, putting them in the bank, like Talk about that because that I think is the juice of how you've been able. Because you showed me your ledger for the last month, and what did you make profit on doing all these things? Was it like seventy five thousand gold or something like that? Uh, I mean, it's not necessarily even about the profit, though. I would say it's more about growing the ledger, so to speak. You know, like um, contrary to contra- contrary to what people might think. I don't really care that much about gold. I care about having stuff that we can use, right? And for me, that's really the biggest thing. And that's really the biggest reason why I do this is because, like, 
I don't like ever feeling like I'm in a situation where I can't just freely pop a consume just because like they're running low or something like that. Right. Um, and I, I feel like, you know, for our guild to have a good, good, like community experience, like I would like to just eliminate, eliminate that feeling all like altogether. Right. Um, I forgot where I was going with this, but, um, well, you have yeah. for me while you think about it, you have for me, like for me, if I had to buy all my own consumes, I would not be mighty rage potting on trash sometimes. But for mm-hmm. me, like if I go into a pull when I don't have misdirect and maybe I'll get parried on my first hit and it's, you know, maybe the, the technician packs going to lurker. I'm like, OK, a lock's going to die, <laughs> but <laughs> I can save them by hitting this mighty rage pot right now. Right. Whereas before I'd be like, I'll just let the lock die, <laughs> like, like whatever. <laughs> but we're able to save time as a guild by me hitting that mighty rage. Pot. Totally. Oh, totally. And for me, you know, like as a DPS, like I'm able to blow Destro pots on trash. Yeah. And oh my you God. know me, like I, I think trash is trash. And so to, for me to spend gold on a trash pull, you know, it's just like, but I'm going to do it because the guild bank provides it mm-hmm. and it is making it faster. And so it's like, it's like a give and take there, you know? Right. So it's, yeah, that's definitely cool. But I was, I was, I was more wanting to just, because we're going to talk about everything it's it has given us, you know, here. But I I just want to know about like give me some eggs, some more egg examples of of like of different flips that you've done. Um, because <laughs> you'll I don't know if I should say this out loud, like but re- I, uh, you'll like reset the market and stuff like that. Yeah, I it really it really depends. Uh, so. I guess to go to the root of it, I have things set up in TSM based on groupings. And what this means is that I'll make it so that I can like search the entire list of things that I might want and things that precede them as in like what materials you need to make them. And I'll just look at them. And just to let everybody know, TSM is trade skill yes. master. Add-on. Very, very useful. It doesn't have, it does have its little kinks, but overall it is, it is a, much greater pro than than con and and okay so so basically i'll pull up the i'll select the list like let's say jewel crafting right and i'll basically have all the cuts that i have on that list as well as the uncut gems and i'll just basically go through search that group and then just sort by a uh, minimum buyout and if i see that the uncut is below you know the cut then i'll just buy the uncut but if i see that the cut is like you know around or lower than the um the uncut then i'll just i'll just buy it out and reset it so that people that actually craft that thing will actually make money on it right like because it sucks to like make a craft that doesn't net you anything right and for me that was really the frustration it's like oh i have like i have these things i want to make but the price is like too low for me to post what's the solution just just make it so that the price isn't that anymore, right? Um, so I'll do this often with gems, sometimes flasks. Uh, flasks is a really, it's a really heavy investment, um, but because of procs, it makes it worth it even just to make that 10%. Um, so like sometimes I'll just have like, like 4,000 or something sunk into, into some flasks. Well, here, real quick, also, I'm trying to make this for everybody. Anybody who isn't a potion person or an alchemist, you could choose a, you could choose a 
a specific thing, and those crafts have a chance to proc more than one when you create one. And so that's what he's talking about when he when he well when he says procs. Sorry, and, I just and this is to... in the game World of Warcraft, the classic version. The burning. Um, hey, man. I'm surprised. I've talked to some I'm people. Serious. I just don't know. No, it, that, that's that's absolutely the case. Bob's in the right. Don't get me. <laughs> but like, uh, honestly, I think alchemy is absolutely massive for uh, for G Bank like hierarchy to have just because you go through so much of it. You know, like it's it's basically what everybody wants for raids. It's, it's like the highest uh, gold sink. Right. Um, flasks every week is like. If you're not like actively trying to make gold, it's it it'll it'll basically wear on you and you you'll be you'll be broke at some point if you're not like trying to go for it. And if you don't have professions that like actually are lucrative, like if you're going at like something in order to help out your raid or something like that, like, you know, that shouldn't be an impedance on your your raid ability, right? Like ironically, right? Yeah, I mean, like the, the the procs are just absolutely massive because what I tend to do is I'll make a batch of like, let's say, like if if the if the herb market allows, I'll, I'll allow or I'll, I'll basically go for like you know I'll craft like four hundred, five hundred Destro pots at a time, you know, put half of them. Uh, well, it does depend on the profitability of the actual craft itself. Um, if it's break even, and then I'll send half to the G Bank or. Currently, actually, we're we're like full, <laughs> so I, I could just make all profit off of that. But like, basically, like splitting up your procs is the best way to keep up with the demand, right? And I mean, I'm also only able to really do this because I just leave my computer on crafting in the background while I'm like watching Squid Game or something. <laughs> Yeah, you know, like yep. it's it's a really if you have the capital for it, and if you can do fast math in your head, I mean, you don't even have to like, like you know what add-on I use most in in WoW. It's not it's not TSM. It's it's calculator, right? Like I pull out Windows Calculator, and I'm just sitting there or Excel. Like I have this massive Excel spreadsheet that covers like multiple professions, and uh, you know, I just I just use that as a reference. Um, this time, this and this, eh. but like. Um, Going back to going back to that, like depending on the material cost, that um, looking at material cost is really the best way to determine whether or not something is ripe for the flippening. I think uh, there's several examples of this. The scrolls, for one, scrolls um, things that things that aren't necessarily in craftable uh, in the craftable realm, right? Just kind of depends on how much how how many people are playing at that time on the server and how much drops are happening and yeah. how many people are sticking it on the auction house rather than vendoring yada yada yada. Yeah, and a, a lot of it too is there are certain strategies that you want to employ if you're kind of like waiting to buy out certain things. Like sometimes you'll want to wait till there's like almost nobody posting that one item. And that happens some like sometimes just because it's not profitable to post anymore, right? Like if you look at a price and you see it dropping, you're like, okay, at some point in time, if everyone keeps posting what they have, it's just going to keep dropping. People are going to stop making it. The supply is going to go down. 
And that's when you basically try to buy out like stuff that are higher in. Um, uh, yeah, high, higher in cost. Bob, I think uh, your boots of uh, blasting is a prime example for that. Um, we were discussing this about how Spellcloth had shot down to like 30 gold and you're like, man, I don't even want to make it anymore. I'm like, you know what? Let me change that for you. Right. And, uh, you know, like I went and bought uh, all the, the spell cloth and shadow cloth on the market. And it was like 30 for spell cloth and like uh, just under 40 for, for shadow. And um, I was like, you know what? Like someone's going to undercut this, blah, blah, blah. I'll set it to 65. You know, it's like a fair. I mean, I wouldn't say fair, but it's like I don't expect to sell things at that point. Right. I expect to set a baseline for everyone else to act upon, which then I could go in and do, you know, my normal like auctioning routine off of. Right. Well, and now as of today, the baseline for spellcloth, because I went and crafted today uh, on my other uh, on my other geotailers, it's now at. 38 instead of 30 yeah and i mean like that might not even seem like that much to you but like that's it's, i mean it's pretty big across the board across everybody you know trying to make spell cloth yeah that's like a 24 percent difference or something right and uh it was at a break even now it's at a 10 gold profit right. for someone who just makes one yeah which uh which is really like the whole point of this is like if you factor in procs and like specialties and stuff like that, like you have to actually bake that in as well. Um, like so the math on it gets a little more complicated, but not drastically. Right. Cause you have a baseline proc rate of like, if you, if you deal with masses, you know what your proc rate is generally going to be, you know, like Casmo lucked out yesterday. He sent me like, Oh, I want 10 haste pots. And he got back 16, 60% is ridiculous. Uh-huh. Like that's not, that's not, not going to happen to you. I'm, I'm sorry. Like, you can wish for it all you want, but you'll be disappointed. Um, but basically, like I, I know my proc rates. Uh, I think I think potion is generally like fifteen to twenty. Elixir is can be up to twenty five if you if you're lucky enough. Uh, flasks, oh, don't even get, get me started on flasks. Like flasks have been kind of rough recently um, as far as proc rates go. I honestly think there's some kind of uh, like a time gated server cap on the max amount of procs, but. That's not something I, I really want to get into right now, as it's just a loose <laughs> harebrained theory. <laughs> Why don't you tell us about you? Because you said you you were potions, potions, potions across all your characters. So tell us about you know using guildies to craft things for you. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know, just tell us how how you work that. So um, before the G Bank came out. The number one thing that I would use Gilly's for is the um, breaking up primals, as you guys know. Yith knows really well what I'm talking about. I think Skeet's in chat. Uh, he knows what I'm talking about. And basically, I was like, you know, you know, break up these primals for me. I'll give you the iron shields that you want so desperately. <laughs> that we need. <laughs> Actually, explain breaking primals to me. What I don't know what that means. Um, so, like, you have to be a miner. Is that right? A miner can break a primal earth or a primal fire into moats. So there's actually a lot of the times there's profit because the primal earth will be selling for less uh, than 10 moats. So iron shields take moats to craft. So you could just go buy the moats, but it's cheaper if you go buy the primals and break them down. 
Yeah, and and honestly, like if you're dealing with bulk, like like, I mean, sometimes I'll try to fill like an order to make. Well, I would end up needing like twelve hundred moats, and they're in stacks of ten, and it's it's uh I I it it sucks to deal with, but like hey, I only have to send you know what six stacks. Or something like that, right? To get uh, like twelve hundred modes. It's like, hey, if I could get Yip to do this for me, um, then I could just have it sitting in my mail, and I could just like, like, drag it out as I need it. That just makes life way easier for me. And uh, Yip's getting paid, and I'm not losing gold by paying Yip out of my procs because I'm just making so many that like he'll have more than he needs like within you know a couple weeks of raid. And then I'll just toss all those guys into one bank or another and deal with that in the future. But yeah, basically, I uh, here, let me let me let me pull up some some numbers just to see the stats are coming out and everything's still functioning the same for me. I just get to pull my iron shields from the bank now. Having having like officers that are involved with like dealing with G bank stuff it has really helped out a lot as well. Like Stoof has been awesome. Talking about Stoofy? Yeah. Like I opened the I opened the, the G Bank one day and I just I'm like, I'm like, everything's so pretty. It's all organized. Like, <laughs> what? Like I was just like, oh man, that's awesome. Um I, yeah. It's kind of it's interesting too. I haven't a lot of my experience playing retail at least, I was never in a guild where I would feel comfortable with so many people having access to the G Bank. But it's sort of maybe it's just because we're all adults now. Maybe that's part of it. That like I don't Could think be. that these people are just gonna like rip us off immediately. Like back in the day, if you had like six or seven people who had full access to the G Bank, that G Bank is gonna be empty one morning, like no matter what. Well, I will, I will, I'll also say like, hmm, I don't think it's it would be untrue to say that the majority of the stuff in there is basically like something that I've provided. Yeah, right? yours. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's a direct it's a direct uh, strike against you. Yeah, like <laughs> and I'll say that like like ha, uh, like a lot of people having access doesn't really bother me because if G Bank just got cleared out, I mean, I just wouldn't do it anymore. But I'd be perfectly fine. <laughs> like yeah, like you've already. Like, I have I have like the... a different bank. Or I have, I have a different like banking guild that's made specifically for my banks and it. Uh, it's called uh, the United Rations um, because I have uh, all my all my dudes are are like puns on like world leaders and stuff. Uh, I was working on Shamla Harris yesterday. Um, anyway, yeah, uh, like for me, it's just like oh, if someone decides to just like nuke the G Bank and just take everything, then I'm just like you know what, you just ruined it for everyone. Then like. But hey, you know what? Like that's just something I don't have to do. Then, like, whatever, it's no hair off my back. So it's it's more on you guys. Like the like the officers have to make sure that like you're not losing that shit, right? Like, but I, mean, I think <laughs> if that were to happen, I think Blizzard would actually they, step they would in they would totally refund. Of, they would totally refund. Yeah, I mean, because there's I mean, there's definitely over a hundred thousand gold worth of stuff there, right? I wouldn't what? say a hundred thousand. No. 50, 50, maybe. Maybe, maybe 50 with a recent surge in, uh, I don't think, I don't think they refund. Mats. 
Historically, I, I think they I don't would. Think they, I think they would. They, I've only known if you're hacked, they. I've, they yeah, would, I've only but. known them to refund if someone without intentional access to the G Bank ends up with it with access to the G Bank. Mm. If you set an officer to have full access to the G Bank and they wipe you out, I think they just say like you gave them full access. Yeah, to it's the like G-Bank. that's on you for but if you get like person, hacked. Yeah. yeah, or I had this issue. In retail, if you don't log in after a certain amount of time, someone can take your guild over if they're two ranks below you. So what? I had someone steal my guild once, and I had to get oh, my stuff weird. back. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's let's get into kind of the end here, and let's uh, let's talk about what the G Bank has actually been able to provide. And I don't know how to really how to really go through it like we could start on like what it started at and what what we're at now if you want to do that so basically i'll i'll set up a i basically taken over the professions and trading channel in our discord and every week Which before you raid, already had i know that's true that's true <laughs> I, yeah so it's like you know i'm just formally coming to power <laughs> exactly um but basically yeah so basically i have order sheets and I basically say like, oh, here is the elixir sheet. Please like click with one battle elixir or something. And, uh, you know, whoever emotes A, B, C, or D will, you know, get that. If, if, if it's a flask or elixir or something like that, then they'll, they'll get that either mailed to them or traded to them. Yip has taken over uh, Flask of Fortification. Stoof deals with uh, Distilled Wisdoms. Arscare deals with Relentless Assault. Um, and I deal with Blinding Light and Pure Death. And uh, it, it speeds up like distribution within Raid. Um, I ended up having a problem, uh, an anti-spamming problem. So kudos to Blizzard for, for doing that, actually. Um, I was kind of like frustrated at the time, but I could totally see it being a good thing. Um, where I ran into... An, like a, a mailing limit where um, I try to mail in the, in the first week, I try to mail everyone exactly what they had requested. And one, it, that was actually a lot of work, especially for people like fabulous who have a special little like circle on top of their A and their name. And oh, like, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, but you, but you do know for those, you could always use TSM and you could go to, yeah, to yeah, of course. Guild and then just choose them from a drop. But okay. I, I basically know like all our guildies, names like spelling just like off the top of my head so to like pull down a list and do that manually is just like so painful to me but yeah so uh originally it was it was a a, like a mail order subscription type of deal and now basically i I basically asked horoscope like hey if you don't mind actually like it would make it way easier just to have the the consumes tab tab number four just be open on raid days to like withdraw two things or one thing or, or whatever you know and tab four basically contains mighty rage i should really take iron shields out of there because only really like yep yeah um it has like mighty rage mana pot injectors because those are way better for uh management of space um haste pots duster pots you name it and then i'll distribute flasks during raid and do you do flasks during raids still just because to put one flask in each in each slot would be an extreme waste of space in the in the G bank? Yes, yes. That's that's actually like one of the bigger reasons why 
Um, also, it's like a little bit of tighter control. Like if someone no shows or like has like, hey, if like suddenly, hey, I can't make it. Um, but they already took a flask. So it's like, well, I mean, most of the time I'm just like, OK, with like them taking a flask for like the next week or whatever. But if we're low, I don't want that to happen. Right. Like I want to prioritize people that are, you know, come in and showing up and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, flasks are probably one of the easier things, actually. They just, they just take a lot of um, gold. But like time wise, not too bad because you spend a lot of gold for like, you know, 40 crafts or something like that, opposed to like hundreds in order to, you know, offset the elixirs and stuff like that. Because like elixirs, you generally want to send people stacks of 10 if they're if they're really easy. 20 maybe just so they have him for a while well that's 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 something to point out you know for the last the last few weeks everybody has had a free flask and flasks are probably something you can check warcraft logs and make sure they they used at least one mm -hmm. i don't know about everybody but i personally use the one that I'm given and then use a second one every right. raid night. But I, I'm sure some people probably switch to elixirs after mm -hmm. that, which is, you know, f you're fine. You can do the like opposite too. So like if we're starting on farm stuff, like in Tempest Keep, um, yeah. starting with elixirs, if you think you're going to live for like an hour is nice. So you're not like wasting an hour of a second of flax. Yeah. I would say that's a way to go. If, if you're, if you're a little more strapped and like, you know that that's probably the way to go for for farm stuff you know that's that's like also something i was mentioning earlier is like it'll become a lot easier to start using elixirs more prolifically rather than flasks uh as stuff becomes more on farm yeah but generally uh everyone gets one flask uh i think for the past was it seven or eight raids or something like that um it's basically we've had 18 people ish uh requesting flasks um that's actually that's actually a really good turnout you know because you know we want to make sure everyone's like consuming up the butt you know or i mean that came out really weird but um, yeah there's no i mean there's no excuse now <laughs> yeah there's either, no excuse right? there's like, like there's i, no... I, I want to make it so that there is no excuse to not be doing your best in and it's huge yeah. because i'm pretty Okay, I know a lot of people. I watch a lot of content, and I haven't heard of any other guild pro providing flasks for people, along with food, uh, weapon oils, uh, freaking uh, el elixirs, like gems and chanting. I mean, well, yeah, we're gonna get to that next. So that's just the con just the consumes part. On top of that, Kim has turned. Okay, so Kim started with, hey, we're going to be able to enchant new gear so you could use it that night when it drops. And that's happened now. There hasn't even been one of the weird ones. Like, I almost, my my jaw dropped to the ground when the the Biss Bracers dropped for our, for our Boomkin on LR last week. And he goes, do you have the mats for for 15 spell power to bracers and I, th and I thought to myself that's way too much to ask from the guild bank because it's like hundreds of gold enchant and kim goes yeah we've, we've we've got those on us and they enchanted it right at the start of that's the first boss we killed that's the start of raid so we got to use it for the rest of the farm and it was just 
my jaw dropped. And gems too. I'll I'll be honest, the the goodwill that Kim has created with the Guild Bank is actually insane. From going in classic or vanilla where it's just like, you know, we'll hand out whatever, you know, we can maybe get half off of an idol or something. And now it's just like it feels like everything is flowing. I feel like in, mm-hmm. in two weeks, Kim's going to be really like, good. By the, I stole a bunch of money from like a loan shark. And <laughs> that's where all this was being funded from, because it just feels like I think to a normal person in the guild who's just not paying attention, they're just getting a bunch of free stuff. At, they it's just like actually incredible the turnaround um and we're not going uh insanely broke like in my head i was like we're all, we're just gonna lose it's just gonna be like for for us in nax which is where my experience comes from we had a fifteen thousand gold guild bank going into nax not only did we drain that to zero officers had to personally put money in to keep like affording flasks for everybody so like I'm the, our mentality was and like go everybody. To oh no, not, tanks. No, no, Sorry, just just flasks of titans, just titan flasks. I mean that's really what most people, when <laughs> normal humans were doing for flasks <laughs> next. Um, but yeah, like it was like a go to broke mentality. <laughs> like we need to do the progression and we're going to broke for it. And we went through so much gold that mm-hmm. you know had Kim been in place, had a guild bank been in place, then everything could have been. I feel like entirely different, and I feel like it's happening now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's starting to feel really like I don't know. Like I, I feel like uh, we've covered the majority of the holes in our systems, right? Like basically almost any eventuality we can account for, um, which I think is really big. It 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 has been honestly somewhat of a learning curve as well. Um, just understanding like how often people go through certain consumes. And that more so like pertains to a little more on the food side, a little more on the like oils and stone side. Manapots. Um, manapots are the ones you were like, wow. Yeah. Manapots, uh, for reference, um, just off of things that I've sold, not crafted or like uh, given to guildies or anything. I've sold 23,000 manapots since TBC has come out. Um, Quite a few. Yeah. Well, and then you and then you saw with what with logs, like how many of the raid used. Oh, yeah, that's the other night. That's the other thing on farm content. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the other thing too. Is um, the reason why I'm able to kind of route things correctly is because Mira actually showed me Ironforge.pro's uh, report analyzer, and basically shows you all the cooldowns and consumes at the end of using. So I can really quickly tally up in my little uh, Excel sheet of like how many potions people are going through or like who needs extra potions or who's using Destro potions Wait. when they don't. And that's why that's why Bob gets extra, too, because like he I see him using him. I'm like, OK, Bob's going to need extra. Right. So I always like I always try to send him an extra stack or two, um, depending on you know what the content is, you know, like our arcane mages get sent uh, extra stack of injectors every week. Casmo always gets extra haste. You're okay. It's so so funny because you're talking about you see me use it, 
that that reminds me of doing uh doing budgets yearly budgets in it mm-hmm. and you always were like we have to use it or we we'll lose it <laughs> you have to yeah. we have to use it all we so won't be able we'll to find something to get to make sure that we keep this budget and somebody else doesn't take our budget so that's hilarious well, i i actually had to i felt like i had to say something because when the first reports were getting posted it doesn't include my Pre- pre-popped mighty yep. rage or my pre-popped stone shield i just took this i was like <laughs> i was like i use these please keep like, these yeah, in please here. please i'm using yeah yes i i take like look at how many i take out i'm not selling these i'm right right, right. These. <laughs> real quick though you said ironforge.pro did you mean warcraftlogs.com no no no. ironforge.pro has a log analyzer okay we need uh could you like be you know before i I published the show. Can you give me that that sure. link so I can include it in the show notes? Yeah. Perfect. perfect. Um, I, I will say, if you do end up using that tool, please do not up like try to look at it in the middle of a live logging raid. I did this last week, and basically now that week's report is just stuck on at the forty five minute mark. I had to go through and do it by hand oh, off the regular logs this time. Good. Uh, which not that big of a deal but good like call, good call uh, it's really easy just to see it all summed up in one place um here, let me let me pull up the excel sheet actually because i think this will be a little more informative um so uh so so yeah like the and now it's gone to the point to where my boots of plastic pattern dropped I was able to get the 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 nethers, and then the guild bag pro provided mats to different characters of ours that could craft two pieces of cloth at a time to get the four spell cloth and the four shadow cloth that that we that that we needed. And my boots of blasting basically cost me my two nethers, the two pieces of you know, rune thread that you get from the the vendor and then oh, my give you rune thread <laughs> and then my boar speed enchant although i think did the guild bank pay for the enchant too yep i, think. I got you i got you the mats for that yeah i, I i'm still looking out for the pattern so it's thing. just it's just nuts it's and like and it's crazy that that you're able to do that much for the guild when like it would cost people a fortune Otherwise, it's like actually nuts because Kim was like pretty timid going into it. Kim was like, yeah, it would be nice if we were able to like gem a piece or two every night. And I remember being like, "Yo, yeah, like I'm oh, I good. feel like we've got a good amount in here. And now sudden and now suddenly it's like, oh, we'll craft here. We're crafting items and we're we're doing enchants and it yeah. doesn't feel like we're going to broke, which is like an insane boon on the guild. <laughs> We didn't even talk about gems. Stoof like carries around yep. all the gems for people and then cuts them for the, for the for their recently dropped items too. Now, there is a stipulation on the enchants and the gems. It has to be current tier bis. Mm-hmm. Not second bis, bis. Yeah, because if you're going to replace that Bitch, please don't 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 come out with me with that. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, we don't want to go fully broke. Uh, there are more tiers of content, right? Yeah, like it is. It is still something, you know, like of of a consideration. You know, like you you can always argue the case. Like, he bro, I have no DKP. Like, I'm gonna be using this for what? Like, okay, in that case, maybe, right? Like, 
but I'll have to look at the item and like the difference between the best and be like, yay or nay. And I don't think I've said no yet. So yeah, like we got, we got Wap Slime, his like, healing enchant on his lights just that I dropped. And I'm like, you know what? Like it's a huge upgrade for him. So like, dude, we'll, we'll just hook him up and Skeet's, Skeet's, Skeet's a dude, man. So yeah, especially someone who's going to re-roll for the guild to be like a, exactly. a class that can fit. Like, I, like, like I know, I know Skeet has, uh, has put in his fair share of uh, time, so. Yeah. I was just going to call him Skeet and never bring that horrible name <laughs> of his shaman into the podcast, but you just did it, so it's there. What? <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Oh. Okay, yeah. Okay, if Kim doesn't know what it means, then we just won't even talk about it. Okay. <laughs> All right, so we are coming to a close here. I mean, we probably could talk about this forever. And, you know, Kim will give the ways you can maybe contact him if you want to, like, you know, maybe any discords that he's in at the end of the show. And if you want to, like, you know, throw your thoughts yeah, at his, him. His work email he'll hand out. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's at dot gov. So, but, uh, yeah, but so... Uh, just to close it out, like, how sustainable is this? And mm-hmm. I think I know the answer. I think it's as, as sustainable as you keep doing it. Basically. But I just want to know, yeah, how sustainable are there any more plans for the future? I have I have honestly been, like, churning it out recently. Uh, I, did a, I did a full accounting of, like, consumes and stuff that we've used as guild. Uh, and it totals around 18k so far in phase two. Um, so it's it's definitely not cheap, but also I I crank out stuff enough to the volume where like eh, it's like what what is that? Like if I didn't do this, that would just be like gold that I w- would have not doing anything because like where 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 am I gonna spend that gold? Like what am I gonna do with it? Right? Like I don't I don't I don't need like ludicrous amounts of gold. Like I'd rather have like a better time in raid and like have all my friends having fun, you know, like that's way more worth it to me. Um we're going for, to ludicrous. I, I do I do hope as well too that as things get on farm, we can be in periods of like bank building where we yeah. go from expending that, hey, like we're actually making gold. This can go into the guild bank. Oh, we're 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 bored, so we can anything that we make can go into the guild bank because we have to prepare for future progression. Like mm-hmm. going in, not worrying. Like we got to get our tabs as as you know, Black Temple comes out. Yeah, puts us in a better situation than when SSC comes out came out. That's that's exactly what I was kind of trying to point to. Like, d- like, do you close the tabs off once stuff's farmed? You know, like that's that's basically like like what i was asking eh, no it's quality of life i'm not gonna take it away immediately unless i have to yeah maybe maybe like amounts would make sense like we shouldn't need maybe as many mana pots when things are right. on farm we won't need as many flasks because we can glister more when things are on farm um there might be less bis pieces dropping that's what that's really where the extra log uh analyzing allotment comes from right it's like I'm going through to see like how, like are we actually using the allotment like is everyone using their allotment first of all and and is someone going above that right and if they're using extra and like if I haven't provided them extra that to me too is a big indicator like hey I want to be providing this person with stuff because like 
they're also paying out of pocket additionally in order to like make our raids go better. That's the type of person I want to like fully back and like provide stuff to. Um, so going through logs is like a really, really big part of this too. Like unexpectedly so. Like I thought it would be not like it would just be, oh, it's cool to look. Look at me using like 35 Destro pots last week. Ha ha ha. You know, but like it's actually really, really helpful to see like who's doing what with their consumes. And it really gives me a good picture of like where things need to go. And it's like smartly routing my money more so or G-Bank's money rather. So like it's just, yeah. I mean, it's super adjacent to monitoring logs for cooldown uses and stuff like that. When we're trying to see like, why didn't we kill Vash? Like, what are we not doing here? Like the G-Bank, like you said, is filling all those gaps. Like, oh, these people don't have these enchants on. These people don't have like the more expensive gems or they they didn't, you know, get they didn't opt for this item. They don't want to craft that item because it costs 2000 gold, you know, like all these things. Um, you know, if you wanted to buy the boots of blasting patterns or something, they're like 5,000 gold. All these things that you can't obtain without the help of the guild. I feel like all that goodwill is going back in and, and, and pulling everything together. Well, and then and then another thing is like, I don't always use the consu- the consumes that I pull out on like, say, twos- on, say tu- on say Tuesday, right? Mm-hmm. But then I will use those on Thursday, but I'll pull out different consumes. Like I always end up using the consumes in raid, but basically I use Tuesday and Thursday to get all the stuff that I need. So like I'll get food, you know, once a am week, and oftentimes that's enough. Whereas like then I'll get I'll get uh, oil twice a uh, week because oftentimes I'll have to use all of that. Like, you know, so it's kind of like it's kind of like tit for tat. Yeah, I indiscriminately take iron shields and mighty rays. <laughs> just like, well, click, 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 yeah, click, click. those are specifically there. <laughs> I, yeah, there's for no one you else only. <laughs> so feel free, man. <laughs> it's so um, fun. I'm always like click, 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 and it's nice it's that I know to, that. Uh, it's like if there's extras, I'm just like. I only use these in raid. It's just nice to know that I have all of these and I don't have to think about them. Like yeah. life is just so good these days. Like it, it makes it makes raiding like a lot less stressful. I feel like, you know, like for me the, the most stressful part of a week is right before raid when I'm like collecting everything and be like, what did I forget? What did I forget? And like I'm just like like <laughs> yep. looking at the at my bank, looking at my mail, I'm like, hmm, I forgot. You should have been like, a warrior in classic because oh, no. yeah. literally we had oh, seventeen. He, he knew things. he he tanked. He he yeah. knows about yeah. the I'm oh god, yeah, the, the different sets and <laughs> blah blah blah. Ugh. Did the tanks use as many as more. DPS warriors did? More. Oh you did, didn't you? All yeah, our buffs would we had the the buff limit was a huge issue for us. Yeah, you actually didn't use more because you just no, used different more. ones. Well, because like I would lose buffs lots of times, so you probably no, tanks, weren't. Tanks Although lose buffs. people just weren't putting as much stuff on yeah, you. We have to, and we have to take stuff off ourselves. No more renews. No tanks. more renews. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Tanks had a ton in in class. It was very unfortunate, but. <laughs> yeah, because I remember the first time I lost, I lost, I lost world buffs because they got pushed off on Saffron, and you were like, "Oh, Bob, welcome to the club," and I was like, <laughs> "And that's when I made the macro to take everything I didn't need off." Yeah, with uh, you know, with blood, with bloodthirst. But unless you guys have any closing remarks, I think we've come to the end of the show. Well, uh, I'd like to make a little note on like the sustainability aspect of it. Yeah. Okay. 
it I think I think what I've done this past week is I've reached the point of sustainability at least for at least for this week at least and I've reached the point of making profit which I haven't actually been making profit myself for for a couple weeks now uh just trying to like get the coverage but like um Basically, I, th- I think I've gotten into a nice flow. Uh, I think my weekly average at, at this point is like a, just under 100K spent and uh, 100K earned, um, which is, it's it's a lot. I mean, yesterday alone, I spent, I think I spent 27K. Um, he just, used the word just. <laughs> uh, I couldn't <laughs> afford my repair two days ago. Yeah, but like it's it's a lot of like circulation there the it's just really nice that the operating profit can like part of the operating profit can basically cover all of g banks consumes right that's that's really like the sweet spot at this point is like can i cover it all and can i make a profit in the process and the only way to do that really is just to like just make a bunch of shit that like people need and like Honestly, having having a nice uh, amount of capital to kind of like lock down certain amounts of herbs and stuff like that beforehand, before you know, like shit's going to hit the fan if you don't buy these out yourself, right? Like I've run into the situation where I was like looking at Netherbloom and I was like, oh, that's a really good price. There's a bunch of them on the market, but I don't feel like it right now. I'd rather go and craft some other things. I come back and Netherbloom's up to like three gold like it was today. Yeah. It's like it's like watching stuff like that and keeping an eye on the amount of like volume as well as like transactions going through um, per certain types of herbs or like materials that you need is a really, really massive part of the game. If you want to work in quantity like this, like just having uh, like a baseline knowledge of what you're dealing with and what you're going to end up needing is like it's like more than half the battle really um so it, my advice to anybody that, that wants to start doing this um just basically don't 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 go too hard in the beginning you, you could you get burned pretty badly um by people that are better diversified than you and have more capital and can flush you out um i've seen this happen a couple times uh uh me in particular in certain case but yeah, like um it's definitely like it's 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 a little it's like a weird math PvP that I like to do. <laughs> you know, like you're you're always trying like I know basically all my competitors' names now, right? Like I know who's posting which things at what times and stuff. Like I'm I mean, I'm not like stalking them or anything. Yeah, you're in tune with their sleep schedule, you know, and they won't be back to post. <laughs> yeah, it's like, this I guy's raiding now, ha, 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 ha. Um, yeah, but, like, it's just basically good to know what's out there, like, especially what frequency at which other people will post and undercut you as well. That's a really big part of it as well, because you can just end up posting. You're like, okay, everything's up. I'm going to go and, uh, you know, do a dungeon and then come back in, like, two days and check on my auctions. And you'll be sad to find that you've only sold, uh, you know, 100 gold worth out of like 2000. Um, you will want to actually like have a decent amount of like lesser experience with it first in order to kind of 
know the players a little bit. Um, I think that's a little it, like it's that's something that people won't really say, but I think it's, it's actually really big is understand the other like crafters on your realm or on, on your side, right? Like, because you, you don't want to be running into that guy, I guess, like me, that would just like, like has like, you know, 40 of the same flask in his, in his inventory. He sees you undercut him. He doesn't even need, need to cancel. He just posts right over you, right? Like, that's that's just how it's done, right? Um, and you don't want to run into to things like that too often if you're just starting out, because um, that that that's that can get really discouraging really quickly, <laughs> right? It's like, damn it, I'm yeah. trying so hard. Like, I have thousands of gold tied up in these flasks, and I didn't sell them in time, and now the flask price has dropped, and now I'm losing money on this, right? Like, you don't want to run into that kind of situation. The other tip I, I want to give is just like. If you're going to start doing this, do it with stuff that you yourself can use, right? Because you don't want to run into a situation where you're like holding on to something that you just have to dump and you're not going to end up using and you're going to lose gold off of that. Like instead of like losing gold, you could just use it and, you know, wait that timer out until it resets and then start posting again. Right. And remember, a penny saved is a penny earned, guys. If you use it, you made that profit technically. I mean, yeah, like, honestly, like, you saved it. Like, last, uh, on Tuesday, I used 35 Destro Pots just purely out of, like, procs and stuff like that, right? Uh, Yeah. Here's some, here's some numbers uh, before we we close it out. Phase two, Destro Pot usage, 333. Hmm. Bobby used 86. Nice. Um, Haste Pots, 203. Manapots, 1649. <laughs> Castellan, our one of our arcade mages, is responsible for 222. <laughs> that's and that's with, that that's with the shadow proofs in the group. It's <laughs> insane. Arcane um, mages. Yeah, arcane mages. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, she pumps though. She pumps. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, that's that's why I, I don't mind uh, just, just funneling uh, mana pots. Yeah. Um, also, if you're going to be trying to uh, m- make a bunch of mana pots to help you raid out, I would highly advise partnering up or uh, if you have engineering on a character, get the injector recipe. It will save you so much space. Yeah, because for anybody that doesn't know, they stack at 20 exactly, instead yeah. of 5. The cost, uh, you know, to turn four stacks of five into 20 is uh, one fell iron casing, one fell iron bolt, and two knot head leather, which is not expensive uh, of an increase. Um, on some servers, I'm sure they sell for a decent chunk uh, more just because of the luxury that they stack. And if you're like me and you, and you make, you know, literally thousands of mana pots per week, um, you don't want you don't want the regular potions clogging up your bag space because that's 200 slots. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, yeah, that was a lot of good information. We could probably go on forever, but we have to get to Lady Vash. So which we killed. You all know how it ends. Yeah, which you already know how that we killed her. We don't know how it ends. So we're going to oh, go find know, that Bob. out. We know. And, uh, She's going down today. <laughs> I'm hoping so. I'm hoping so. 
I think I think I'm gonna stop carrying around the materials for belt of blasting so that the pattern can actually drop. I've been carrying around True. these mats for like the past couple of weeks. Like, oh, yeah. oh, if the pattern drops, I'm, I'm I'm just gonna craft it. Ha ha ha. Nope. <laughs> All right. Well. No add-on of the week this week. I'm going to save mine again, and hopefully you guys send us some in or something. Or oh, I have, I have one. I just have to start doing. Okay, let's move on to. Ladies and gentlemen, this is our add-on of the week. Uh, have you guys, I don't think you guys have discussed Guildbook in here, right? No. Um, so I, I, I picked up Guildbook and I think it's one of those, uh, add-ons that is really helpful if like a lot of people in your guild have it. Um, but kind of like a, a tune, a tune. Yeah. it's as helpful as everybody using totally. it. Um, because there, there's like a syncing, like S Y N C syncing, like that happens between, uh, the different add-ons between characters. And basically what it allows you to do is uh, it allows you to see who has what patterns on what profession throughout um, your entire guild. So like Mel was asking, uh, I think last on Tuesday, like, hey, do you have the uh, belt of the long road? And I was like, oh, oh, uh, maybe. And then like uh, I look in guild book, I'm like, I'm an idiot. I'm the one that has that pattern. Like I was like, like I was like, who has that pattern? Like, oh, it's me. Huh. <laughs> but if you're not an idiot like me, then you could basically, uh, you know, like you could just look up whatever you need. And if someone has it, like, uh, you know, we know that known as boar speed, um, stuff like that. Yeah. 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 It's it's pretty cool. It changes your your guild tab, shows the their active professions, gives a lot of information. Um, it does kind of clog up a little bit of. There's probably settings I could go and change, but it when you're uh, when you're on something that's used for crafting, it'll tell you every pattern that it can craft, and oh, I'm gonna have to yeah. look into how to turn that off because it'll like kind of push off other information from TSM when I'm hovering totally. over. But I had that problem with the vials. It's been more useful than not useful. Yeah. But yeah, I think I think it, it just becomes way more useful when more people have it too, though. So definitely, definitely. All right, guys, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at WC Reloaded. You can follow the Mash Those Buttons Network at the Mash Network. If you want to send us an email and have it read on the show, as long as it's if it's too long, we're we're not going to be able to do it. But if you want to send that to us with anything you want to say, that's wcrpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, if you would like to join our Discord, no, nobody does this, so I don't know why I, why I mentioned it every, every week, but it's mash.gg slash Discord. And you will, have to, you will have to ping us until it's popping. We're not going to be checking it daily, so definitely send us a ping if you're wanting something from us there. And then uh, how can you up the podcast by sending ratings and reviews and telling people about the pod, telling people about the pod is probably the best, but 
I mean, the i the iTunes uh, reviews really do help us show up in Google search and probably their search algorithm too. Uh, you could also leave ratings and reviews on warcraftradio.com. All right, Yip, where can we find you? Hi, you can find me on Twitter at Cogton the Pit or on YouTube at youtube.com slash Cogton the Pit. Awesome. And Kim, where can people find you if they want to like shoot you some questions or just. Uh... You can't find me. You can't. Okay, you're not like a priest Discord or. A... Uh, I'm, I'm in a priest Discord, but I, like I just. I'm not really anyone important there. Yeah, in a couple in a couple of weeks, I'm gonna talk to Kim. We'll we'll have a we'll have a fifteen hundred dollar start your own G Bank uh, guru package available for your <laughs> training session. You're gonna have to go to the uh, Radisson and uh... <laughs> yeah, join our we- our free webinar. <laughs> Well, if you do have any questions for Kim or anything, you can always send that to the email at wcrpodcast at gmail.com. We'll make sure it gets to him. I'm, I'm always a uh, oh sorry. I'm I'm always also like I'm I'm always open to receiving in game mail as well. Um I think there's a fair amount of people in the server that uh kind of know me anyway. So yeah. I talk to a lot of people in whispers. Deal, good deal. Uh feel free to reach out. Uh I had someone yesterday that um that messaged me about Hey, like they talk about you on the podcast. Cool to see you. Like, yeah. I mean, like, I'm I'm totally receptive to like random people messaging me. I'm not like a like a scary guy or anything, except in shadow form. Um, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, and you can find me on Twitter at blazin underscore bob. That's b l a z z i n underscore b o b. And you can find me on Twitch, sometimes streaming at twitch.tv slash blazinbob. I think I'm going to stream tonight, actually, because I'd like to have our Kill of Vash on, you know, VOD for future, because I get to look at the next one. It's already there if you're listening to this right now, other than live. It might be. It might be. It might be. It might be. All right. Well, guys, thank you for giving us your time and hanging out with us. We love you. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. I had to do a higher pitch than you. Thanks for listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. If you enjoyed the show, you should check out MashThoseButtons.com and see if any of our other shows might interest you. All of our shows are available on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. If you enjoy our content, you can help support Mash Those Buttons by becoming a patron at Patreon.com slash MashThoseButtons, where you can receive Patreon bonuses for as little as $1 a month. You can connect with Mash Those Buttons at twitter.com slash the Mash Network, facebook.com slash Mash Those Buttons, or join our Discord at mash.gg slash Discord. 